Episode 329 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. Uh, with you once again, I'm Glenn, along with Josh. Hi, Josh. Yes. Hello. Uh, Josh is excited because he's going to go to the beach tomorrow. Yay. And because of that, we're actually recording this week's show on Saturday. Because I'm Josh. Be at the beach for days, son. Must be nice, dick. Yeah, you know, that well, proves that you're happens. not a true gamer because you're going to be out in the sun for more than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you live that close. Although we're going, like, down to South Jersey. Huh. So is, is the beach still, like, just completely toxic, though, in Jersey, like I keep hearing? Uh, no. Like, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. We did that whole episode about the Jersey Shore and how there's just nothing but, like, broken glass and uh, needles and all kinds of crap on on the beach. Uh, Yeah. There is. You if that keeps out the people like you, then yeah, that's yeah. all there is. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's the whole point. It's all just a scam. Dick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we just recorded a few days ago, so we're going to be a, light, a, a bit light on a couple things, but I think we still have a lot to talk about because I, ah, ah, I can't talk because Comic-Con is going on this week out in San Diego. This is actually the last day, I believe. I think this is the last day. So a lot of stuff coming out. It looks like there's a lot of movie news hitting today, too. So I might see something on Twitter while we're recording. Uh, but no new releases, but we've got a ton of news. Uh, what we're playing and watching. Josh's review of the ever-popular Farming Simulator 2013, I think the name is. Some kind of a farming uh, simulator. Well, on the Vita, it's just called Farming Simulator. Oh, well, there we go. Or, in other words, Glenn's Life. Not really. I'm not a farmer. Uh, so, uh, I don't even think I'm going to talk about packs because nothing really new has happened, uh, and we got a bunch of emails as well. So we'll get through this. I'm sure we'll we'll hit some some speed bumps along the uh, you know along the way and tangent off like we always do. Or I think we should just stay right on course and do a half hour show. Uh, half hour sounds a bit long to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're out. Thanks, folks. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get on the road. <laughs> no, actually, it's perfect to go tomorrow uh, because today is the day everybody goes down because everybody rents Saturday to Saturday. So this is the worst day to travel down the shore. Sure, it's a nightmare because there's two main roads to get there. From up here, it's the Garden State Parkway. From down there, it's the Atlantic City Expressway, and that's the entire state of New Jersey and half of Pennsylvania. Hmm. It's a mess. <laughs> well, thank goodness I don't have to drive it. I'm home and I'm happy, and I actually got a, a full night's sleep last night, which obviously that's why I can't talk today because my body's not used to having so much sleep. But, uh, yeah, I had the same crap. See, the problem with Wisconsin right now is, actually for the last few years, is everybody from Illinois has purchased the entire northern half of Wisconsin. So... Hmm. Everybody from Illinois comes north on Fridays and then goes home on Sunday afternoons. So with me being in Madison and having to come home, I'm now driving with that crowd. And, uh, yeah, traffic was ridiculous yesterday. And I even left at 3 o'clock to try to miss some of it. And it was just Illinois license plates as far as the eye could see. Yeah, that's almost like seeing an alien invasion come in from another planet. It's, It's that scary. So... We we have a term here in Wisconsin. It's 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 an endearing term. We call uh, people from Illinois we call them fibs. 
Fucking Illinois bastards. That's right. <laughs> That's where I figured it was going. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody from Illinois knows anyway, so I'm not really uh, surprising anyone. But yeah, uh, it was insane yesterday driving back. And the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm doing like 80, and they're just flying by me like I'm sitting still. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, well, yeah. I mean, when I drive, like, there's a beach not too far from me. I mean, Sandy Hook is not terribly far away. Sure. Um, just that little piece that juts out. Um, but that, uh, when you're headed that way, you just see tons and tons of New York license plates, and you just want to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the throat. Because that's what happens. Because they're responsible for Jersey Shore, those dicks. And, Ooh. You know, well, really, MTV's... Well, it's more MTV's fault than anybody else. In New York again. Thank you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They said, hey, let's screw with Jersey. Let's uh, let's make a show called Jersey Shore, and then we'll populate it with douchebags from Staten Island. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And pretend it's all Jersey people. Good good idea. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I've never I never in in my lifetime thought that we would have so many people that have absolutely no talent make so much money at doing nothing. That makes me sick. Yeah. I mean, I have no talent. I should be making that kind of money. I have more talent than any Kardashian and I'm not making anywhere near that kind of money. Any Kardashian. That really sucks. Yes. Yes. So anyway, let's let's stop our complaining and bitching and whining and talk about some of this news. Uh, this this first one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait what? a second. What? You're skipping over the new release. You found one? Uh, yeah, because I didn't go to GameStop. Uh, we have talked about this many a time. <laughs> because and you, I heard you complaining. I knew you were gonna you were gonna check on Amazon, but Amazon used to have a great thing. You know, it would show you everything for that week, and they would actually break it apart by week, and they got rid of it. So it was it's almost impossible there. to find all the stuff. Of. Yeah, exactly, kind of. So GameStop, no, even though GameStop's PS3. trying to hide that now, but all right. So on PS3, oh yeah, yeah, we, we're gonna talk about this in a bit. Yes, it's I in the news. PS, yeah. So you're gonna move it up on the news or what? What? Oh, it's it's right there. It was PS3, and it's coming soon. It's coming next week. Is it actually coming on disc? Because I thought it was only yes, download. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, cool. I have the link to it. All right. Or I had the link to it. Where did that just? <laughs> yeah, come you just thought you had the link. You didn't really have it. This item will be released on July 30, 2013. Pre-order mm. now. Hmm. From Amazon.com. Okay. Okay. It is. Terraria. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. No. But that, mm, okay. It is the collector's edition from 505 Games. It is $39.99. Uh, it includes a too big, uh, a too big, <laughs> too big, yo, a two gig USB stick shaped like a pickaxe, apparently. Um, a digital game card, a crafting map, and three, count them, three character posters. You know, it's really funny. This was listed on GameStop, but because we're doing this so early, I wasn't thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, maybe if you do two jobs instead of one, not just emails, maybe something else. I wouldn't have to rush when you, when you text me and say, let's start now. 
Well, I do. I, I do the um, new releases because you always uh, get them wrong. Oh, snap. Yeah, so you should have actually done – yeah. Uh, I did. You're, you're just making my case for me. <laughs> All right. So the special edition content includes new tutorials, two- and four-player split screen, uh, eight players online, new items, pets, enemies, and a brand-new boss. So there you go. All right, then. Uh, super exciting. <clears throat> you know... That's your game. I, I, I keep having a lot of people telling me to play Terraria, and number one, I don't like Minecraft. Uh, and this is essentially kind of, sort of, a 2D Minecraft, but it's more RPG elements to it. Yeah. Uh, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of two things. Number one, I'm afraid that I won't like it because it's not my type of game. So it's not really afraid. I just kind of have a feeling I wouldn't like it. Or number two, that I'll like it too much, and it'll become as extremely addicting as a lot of other people have, have said this game is. And then I'll play nothing else. So I'm a little afraid mm-hmm. of it. Just a tad. It looks neat. I mean, it's a, it's a neat style and everything. It's like yeah. an old 8-bit type style. Well, they revamped or the graphics, I think, for the, for the PS3 and Vita. Yeah. yeah. Looks neat, but... Or PS3. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a demo, but I'm again, I'm kind of afraid to play it. It's still on my PS3 though, so maybe eventually. Who knows? You never know. You know, cuz I mean, you know, there could be a day where I don't have anything else to play. That's <laughs> not going to happen. I highly doubt it, but it can happen. All right. Uh so, news. So this actually uh, was rumored at E3, and we thought we were going to see it, and we didn't. Uh, and this is also Mark Sanger's probably favorite franchise ever, uh, besides East. It's, it's in his top three. So Capcom at San Diego Comic-Con officially announced the return of Strider, uh, which is an old school, like early, I think it's early 90s, late 80s arcade game from Capcom. Uh, they brought an almost perfect arcade port to the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive in 92, I want to say. And uh, it's a great game. And, and there was actually a, a Strider 2 on the PS1 as well that came with the first game in the disc. Extremely rare. There's been some other things here and there, like uh, Capcom versus... Um, what is it? Capcom versus... Is it Capcom X Tekken or Tekken X... Well, whatever. There's one of the, the fighting games where you can play as Strider as well. I just can't remember which one it is now. But, yeah, so Strider coming back, being redone fully in HD. It's not a remake, though. I think there there's some elements from the first game in it. But right when the camera pulled back in the trailer, you could see that that big tower that you climb isn't there and all kinds of stuff. Did you even watch the trailer yet? Yeah. And and did you like Strider back in the day? Uh, I wasn't really into it. Um, but the, the trailer looks pretty freaking cool we've got a well we've got a post up on the website and there's a seven minute gameplay video that capcom put up as well so i've got that in the post i don't know it's funny because i texted mark and said you need to check your email i sent him the information because mark doesn't really check the internet anymore until it's like 11 o'clock at night and he kind of freaked out at first like i thought he would and i did too i'm a big strider fan and and we started watching this stuff and we and we had this big text conversation back and forth about it and they've really changed some things in this game. I mean, you can actually deflect bullets now uh, with your sword. Uh, you can actually do this timed uh, reflect 
so that when a like a beam weapon or not a beam weapon, but like a, a charged weapon gets shot at you, if you time it correctly, uh, you can actually bounce it back to them. Uh, you can run while swinging the sword now, which you could kind of do in the first one, but this one looks a lot more forgiving. Um, you've got more moves too. I mean, you've got a little bit more acrobatic moves. It looks like it's a little bit easier to control, obviously, but I'm kind of with Mark so far in that it's really cool that it's coming, but it does seem a little more generic than the first game. Cause the first game was so eclectically weird. Like in the first level, you, you fight this big wrestler that blows up and all of a sudden it turns into a, uh, a big like snake thing made out of all these senators that are sitting in chairs and, it comes after you with this big hook. Uh, I didn't see anything that weird in this one. <clears throat> well, you have to see it to understand, but yeah. So I, I don't know. It looks cool, but uh, it's not Strider Strider. And I, the problem is, I think, especially Mark is more disappointed just because I think he was expecting, you know, an exact reproduction. Whereas they're kind of doing, it's, it's in the style of the old Strider, but it's a new game. The problem is when he, at first, you hear that little laugh that you heard in the original arcade game, and then he glides in on a glider like he did in the first game, and there's like the city in the background, I'm like, oh shit, it's a remake, and then he walked down about 10 seconds later, I'm like, oh shit, it's not a remake. So, I'm mm. happy though. Uh, coming for uh, Xbox One, PS3, uh, PC, basically it's not coming from the Vita, and it's not coming for the 3DS. Or no, the Wii U, it's not coming for the Wii U. So, a little odd. Hmm. Uh, well, I like that Capcom is doing this stuff now, and they they seem to be doing it every Comic Con. They did. Uh, uh, crap. Which which one was it that they announced it? The the fighting game at the <coughs> New York Comic Con. Fighting um, game. Darkstalkers is that? Right? Oh yeah, that that remake of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that they're I mean they're going back into their catalog essentially and looking at all these older franchises that people enjoyed that they're interested in that you know they haven't really done much with uh in recent years and and they're bringing them back in one way or another. You know, they they may not always work, uh but uh, they're at least taking a look at some of their older stuff, which is nice to see. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've got faith because Bionic Commander Rearmed was actually really good. It was a great game. It was really well done. Uh, this one, it looks a little bit like Bionic Commander Rearmed. The first one actually looked like more of a remake. Like it, it had the same level design and everything else. This one, like I said, looks a little bit more like they're taking some more liberties with it and trying to kind of make it more of a, a modernized game. So I think that's going to actually bother some of the purists. Not sure, but I do like the fact that they're doing this. I mean, it's it's very refreshing to see some of these old classic uh, uh, things that everyone loves so much, and they're actually you know bringing them to us, and they're trying to do a good job with them at least. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and the next news: Who <clears throat> wants to be a Mudokan? Who? Mind you, who wants who to be a Madaka? Indeed. Well. And you don't have very much time on this, by the way. So if you hear this and you want to do this, <clears throat> the uh, the cutoff yeah, is the 26th. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, so if you want to try out, essentially, uh, you need to have 
this equipment, mm. uh, a decent microphone for recording your voice, sound, co- sound card or audio interface capable of 24-bit, 96 kilohertz recording, mm. uh, good cables. If there's electrical feedback, it can't be used. Uh, the script to read out <laughs> and a SoundCloud account. Mm. So, so your original um, SoCal microphone probably won't be good enough. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and you could try it. It wasn't good enough for this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, they have they have a number of uh, where you say hello, hi, okay, laughing, giggling, angry, hissing, pain, grunts, uh, death screams, <laughs> and. You get bonus points for providing some sound effects for the wildlife. Uh, birds, scrabs, elums, stuff like that. So, yeah, we have a link to this. Uh, you better hurry. <laughs> and if you're under 16, you need permission from an adult. <laughs> we'll give you permission. We're, so. a, we're, we're officially a, we're adults according to the law. Yes. So I think that'll count. Uh, it's also the English version only currently. Ah. Uh, so. So far. So, yeah. Wave files? They want wave files? God. Stupid Windows and, users. Well, and they, well, wave <laughs> files uncompressed. Uh, but they also want it, uh, you have to have your name in the file name, because otherwise they don't know who you are. And they, and you won't be able to get credit. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool idea. Um, you know, if you wanted to try to get in the game, essentially. Definitely, it's a it's a cool idea, and it's you know, if you've got the equipment to do it, go for it. It's cute. All right, uh, this next one. This is exciting. Oh, actually, uh, this is very exciting. We tried to get this information from a few people at E3, and we talked about it on the podcast then, and uh, that we couldn't get a hundred percent like yes. Uh, but now Sony has officially validated that the wireless and the Pulse uh, headsets will both work on the PlayStation 4. Pretty awesome. That's good. Yeah, so... Uh, go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say, it. It. we should have expected that. But yeah, there were questions about whether the software was there and everything would work properly. But yes, it does. That's good. Well, that was the whole thing, is that the people I was talking to said... Unofficially, yes, it's going to work, but they didn't know for sure it was going to work if it was going to work for uh, like day one, if there was going to have to be any type of firmware update, and a lot of that stuff hadn't been 100% confirmed yet on the Sony side, so that's why they couldn't actually tell us, like, yes, go ahead and tell people it'll work. But when I was talking about it at E3, I said, but I think you're safe if you hang on to that headset, because every indication was, yes, that they were going to work. So, yeah. But since they're USB devices, since they use that USB dongle... They had to make sure the software would be set up on the PS4, that kind of thing. So very cool news. So any of you uh, out there that have that Pulse headset on your wish list on Amazon when you use our link, you can go buy that by clicking our link and buy it. <laughs> That's the only way you can buy it. That's what I've heard. It, it's a PS Nation link exclusive, really. may not be exclusive. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, next one. You should take that because you'll want the one. Oh yeah, you know, uh, so I, I think we're. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if you were a big uh, big fan of this series or not, but uh, 
Soul Calibur 2 is coming uh, HDified to your PS3 this fall, and it's going to have online play. So, uh, no word if Yoda is going to be in this version or not, if they're going <laughs> to... Because it's not coming for Wii U. So... So this is yeah this is the one that uh, when it came out for PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, every one of them had a uh, an ex- exclusive character, and of course everybody wanted Link, and he was only in the uh, the GameCube version. So Namco Bandai just announced at Comic Con, which Comic Con is becoming like the new E3. They're just announcing everything there. They do, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is coming to 360 and PS3 this fall. And as the name suggests, it's a high-definition, presumably online-enabled remake of the 2003 PlayStation 2 version of the game. Uh, this will include the PS2 version's console-specific character, Hihachi, uh, from Tekken. Uh, and actually, oh yeah, it's funny, because they, they, on, on, on the joystick thing, they said technically the original Xbox version came close to HD since it was in 720p anyway. Uh, even though it was 4.3. So no word on, on whether Spawn, which is the Xbox character, or Link, which I doubt... Uh, will be in the game for the HD reification thing. <laughs> it would be funny if Link was in there, but I really highly doubt that. Yeah, they're not going to do that. <laughs> it's funny because I I do own all three of those. <laughs> of course you do. I well, <laughs> I I was aware of it, and I I acquired all three of them uh, over the years: uh, the GameCube, the PS2, and the Xbox versions. So, yeah. Was, uh, that was kind of a neat idea. It's cool that they're that it's now going to be HD. It's going to be playable online and all that stuff. It's yeah, nice. And Namco, they're they're really doing well with their older franchises and things like that. Agreed. And this is one of my favorite Soul Calibers. So uh, it, it's it's good that they're bringing this. I thought three kind of got a little uh, kind of a little bloated. A little uh, it just it, had, it was I don't know. It was just getting too complex. So this one hit the hit, hit a lot of the right notes, and you were able to actually do a little bit of customization, and uh, but it had a lot to offer. So I'm happy about this one. We actually played, I want to say the GameCube version or something, not too long ago too. I'm pretty sure it was the GameCube one because I th- I thought I remember someone playing Link. I don't remember where the hell it was though. Maybe it was MGC or something. I don't know. I'm old. I forget things. Mm-hmm. Now, where's that onion? Well, with Namco, uh, they got another cool thing coming. <clears throat> Indeed. Another Ace Combat game. <laughs> yes. Hopefully this one will be playable. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. Uh, but it's Ace Combat Infinity. And uh, beyond! Coming for the PS3. Uh, they did a little teaser trailer, which didn't show a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looked really nice uh but all they've said so far is that it's coming to the psn on september 25th Hmm. uh in europe uh which could mean september 24th in the u.s uh but or it could mean 2014 yeah um (laughs) so that's that's really it i mean they didn't really give a whole lot of information on this at all they just said teaser hey guess what ace combat infinity Uh (laughs) uh-huh That was that. Exactly. I'm excited. So, I like the series. Yeah, I I really do like uh, the Ace Combat series. Um, I forget. I think four on the PS2 was the high point for me. Yeah, because the one after that wasn't too good. Yeah, I 
think it was four. It was three or four. I don't remember now. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played those. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, those are, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully. Kind of surprising. Hopefully. It's good, yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Nobody expects it. Uh, yeah, I, I, there was no inkling that that was coming at all, so that's pretty cool. All right, well, uh, this one I've been really excited about, and uh, surprise, it's going to be on shelves the day this show comes out. Ah, PR. Uh, so Hot Shots Golf World Invitational, which, uh, in my opinion, is the best game in the series, and it's on the Vita right now. Well, the PS3 version came out a while back in Japan, and the U.S. one is hitting uh, this this Tuesday, the day this show comes out. It's, it's going to be on PSN. Uh, it looks like it's PSN only. I don't see any uh, mention of a disc version at all, but this is essentially the same exact game that you're getting on the PS3. Actually, any DLC that you've bought for the Vita version will work in this US version, and uh, it actually supports cross-play as well. So if you want to play online with some of your friends that are on the Vita, you can play that way uh, over the PS3 version. Uh, no word if your save file is going to work on uh, you know from the Vita over to this at all, so that's really the only question that I haven't been able to get an answer to so far. Uh, so this is going to be nineteen ninety nine on the on the store coming this Tuesday. Offers lo- local multiplayer for up to four. Features PlayStation Move support. Downloadable content is cross buy between the two versions, and uh, cross platform online play available too. And Europe is getting the PS3 version next week as well, uh, and it's going to be priced at f- basically fifteen euro or twelve pounds sterling. So I think I got those symbols right this time. <laughs> Sterling, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, exciting news. It's it's my favorite Vita game still, I think. It's one of the, my favorites. I still play it all the time. Uh, not as much as Rock does. He plays the daily tournament every single day. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a, seriously, this is the best game in the series, bar none. Uh, I'm, I'm excited because I actually started thinking about getting... Uh, they've got that that Hot Shots Golf Four for the PS3 that's been on disc forever. They've got that whole package for twenty bucks up on uh, the PSN store now that has all the DLC and everything. And I own most of that stuff, and I'm like, well, it'd be kind of nice to have it on the di- on the hard drive. And I was thinking about it. And now this is coming. I'm good. I'm 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 fine. I don't need to get that anymore. I'm happy. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome news. So, is that it? That's it for the news already? That's wow. it. Wow. Uh, well, I'll mention it once again. Extra Life. Uh, actually, I'll be sending some more prizes out the day before this comes out. Uh, I've already got a few of them boxed up this morning. So I'm going to get a few more of those things uh, sent out. Hopefully that'll be done like in the next week or two. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want, go over to extralife.org, <clears throat> which is extra-life.org. And uh, if you want to join our team, we would love to have you join the team. You don't need to ask permission. Just get on there and join. Uh, just type in PS and then a space nation in the search and find us. And you can just click join the team and start getting people uh, to start donating to you. Uh, this year, like I said, we're playing for Children's Specialized Hospital up in uh, New Jersey by Josh. This, these are the people we played for last year. And uh, we had so much fun with them that we decided to do it again this year, which means I get to go to New Jersey again. Hooray. Lucky you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have more details obviously coming up. Um, I'm already working on a few people for prizes this year. 
and uh, PAX. That'll be one of my main things is begging for prizes at PAX as well. So, yeah, should be fun. Even with Josh there, it should be fun. Yeah, despite me being there, it should be fun. So I'm actually uh, playing with the idea. I'm going to maybe even try to test it tomorrow. But I'm going to see if there's a way that I can get it to work where we can have both your stream and my stream running at the same time. Nobody wants to see what I'm doing. Everybody wanted to see what you were doing last year, especially when I was doing... The hell, I was playing something and it was a really long thing. And you were still playing Red Dead Redemption and people wanted to see it. But there was no easy way to switch over. So I'm going to actually see if there's a way that I can get two input devices working at the same time and try to figure out a way. I'm not promising anything, but I'm going to see if I can do it. Obviously, we can only have one sound stream going at once, but... Some kind of crazy voodoo magic. Yeah. Technology! It's 3M making life easier for everybody. 3M... From the plastic on your dashboard to the fuel in your engine. 3M. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, so have you played anything since Tuesday? I have. What? I know. I don't know how that happened. I don't I either. Have. Well, have what is you? it? I have a couple things. All right. I even well, tweeted a picture the other night. Ooh. Ooh. Um... All right. Well, I'll go. Okay. Um, because I, I played more um, Lego Legends of Chima, Paul's uh, <laughs> Journey. Yeah, that thing. And you're dropping the score. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm really enjoying it a lot. It is a lot of fun. Uh, but one thing that I forgot to mention, and that I I noticed again, so I wrote it down. It's it's a little weird. It's a little sad, um, but at the same time, it it's a little understandable based on the Lego games that have come out for the Vita so far. Yeah, there is not a single person on my friends list playing it. Really? And I think this is the only Vita game I have ever turned on, and it's been out for weeks now. <clears throat> where you know you go, you turn it on, you go right to the title screen, and um, the activity shows up. Oh, okay. At the bottom. And for the activity, there's nobody. I am the only person on there. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know this game came out. Maybe. Because <laughs> I really I haven't seen it advertised it anywhere. I haven't really seen anybody talking about it. I haven't seen any Twitter traffic on it. I've seen nothing on this game. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if it's a combination of people don't know that it's there. Um, people know it's there, but it's not a really well-known property. It's not Batman. It's not Star Wars. It's not Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Marvel. You know, it's it's a new Lego line. And yeah. if you're not into the Legos themselves, you might not even know. But like we talked about it when we first heard it. We're like, what the? Let's <laughs> What? <laughs> we weren't even sure if it was Kima or Chima or, or what it was. Well, I'm still you know? really not sure about that. Oh, I am. Because <laughs> they actually say it. Ah, okay. um, well, but who's to know but, yeah. if the voice actor's right or not? Come on. Well, that's true. Uh, but it's a shame because it, like I said last week, it's the best Lego game they've brought out for the Vita. And that's funny. it's a really fun game. You know, even if you're not well versed on the characters of the story, it's a fun story. It's a fun game to play through. They've got really cool uh, environments set up and. 
and you get to the end, you get near the end, and if you don't have these different characters unlocked, there's plenty of areas that you can't even access. You know, there's right. so much hidden stuff in this game that you really need these other characters to access. So I, I think it's a shame. I think more people need to uh, try it out. If you like the Lego games, you're really going to like this one because uh, it really is a lot of fun. So, You know, speaking of yeah, Lego games, they had it on sale for the Vita. I bought uh, Lego Batman 2. Yeah. I haven't played it yet, but I bought it. Yeah. Eh. I've played it on the Vita. It's it's exciting at first, but then when you see those first cutscenes and they're so <laughs> low res and crappy, it just knocks all the wind out of yourself. Uh, <laughs> just like, oh. Eh. It was like five bucks, so I, I picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still worth it. It's still a fun game to play, but it's it really shouldn't have been... It shouldn't say Vita on it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, and also, speaking of five bucks, Sorcery is $5 for PlayStation Plus this week. Yes. That's I, insane, because that is a freaking awesome game. Yeah, I have it on disc, and I still bought it, because now I have it on the hard drive. Yeah, that's a fantastic game. If you have Move, get it. Yeah. You don't have to have a kid. Just get it. That's by far the best Move game, I think. Uh, I mm. absolutely loved that. Yeah, I I'm going through all the little movie games in my head right now, and I think I'd agree with you. I think that yeah. is the best one. So I actually did play a little bit of Time and Eternity. Oh, whoa! <laughs> really? Well, I mean, it's it's a big RPG, and the first thing I did, I, I went through and I had it all set up, so I'm taking screenshots. And <laughs> how how long did it take for you to actually get to gameplay? A long time, yeah, because yeah. I started taking screenshots of the digital manual. Oh, okay. And my head was spinning as I was doing it, because I'm looking at and it's <laughs> it's page after page after page oh, after boy. page of battle and how to do the battle. I'm like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> And I was looking at it thinking, well, it's good that I'm taking all these screenshots of this because then I can refer to it if I oh, try to yeah. figure out what the hell is going on. Look at you. But it starts out, um, you're in this you know, fancy place and you're about to marry this girl. Uh, I forget now. I believe she's a princess. Uh, but you've got all the different characters that come in, you know, the one who's against it, the one who's really excited for it, and, the, you know, you've got all the stereotypical characters in there. Um, but it looks gorgeous, you know, it looks like you're watching and playing anime. Right. You know, because they can do that. Yeah, definitely. PS3. It's, you know, so it's, it looks pretty cool so far. Um, it's... Interesting. <laughs> I'll say that. So, well, you know yeah, what? I just, I, I yeah. I've totally forgot. But we actually have a voucher for that game to give away. Ooh! So why don't we just do it now? I went, actually went and found it. All right. So uh, first come, first serve. Good luck. This is a U.S. code K four nine H two K N is in Nancy. M is in Mary. Three P. 8J. So K49H2KNM3P8J. Good luck. And like I said, this is a big RPG. 
<laughs> so if you don't like big RPGs, don't even download it. Yeah, don't download the code because there are people that listen to the show still, which is surprising, that like JRPGs. And yeah. uh, give them a chance. Don't just grab it because it's a free thing. Yeah. That's a dick move. Yeah. It is. Uh, and the other thing I did, I had some time, so I put in MLB 13, the show, on the PS3. Ah. And, you know, the past, whatever, the past two seasons, I guess, I got into all the road to the show stuff because you kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing <laughs> it. I was like, yeah, this is a fun way to get through things. And I said, but you know what? I haven't played like a like an old-time full-on nine-inning baseball game. I mean, that's what you miss out on yes. when you're doing Road to the Show. You well, don't get that full nine innings, and I, you don't really. Yeah. I mean, you could sit there. And well, no, you can turn it all on. You can watch the rest of the game, yeah. but yeah. But, um, but exactly, you're sitting there watching the rest of the game. You're not really playing it where you're not doing the pitching and the fielding and everything else, you know? Sure. So... I was trying to decide what to do. I started an exhibition game with the Phillies and Pirates at Scheib, uh, just to you know do an old timey thing. And I went through about one inning, and I was like, "I'm not feeling this. I need I need something different here." So I jumped back out, and I went into the playoffs. This is on the PS3. Yes. Um, so I was like, "Ooh, you know, maybe I'll try the playoffs." I, I feel a little cheap doing that because the whole excitement like playing <laughs> world series baseball on the sega genesis that one summer yeah when i was in south carolina the excitement of it was struggling to get through that entire 162 game season right and win and get to the playoffs right you know and just even get to the playoffs and then you get knocked out and you're like fuck <laughs> And you start the next season, you're like, oh, now I've got another 162 games to go. But when you get there and you actually make the playoffs and you make it to the World Series, it's so much more satisfying. It's so exciting, you know? Yeah. So I felt, well, I'm kind of cheating here, but let me just try it out. So I was, wasn't sure what I was going to do, but when I went in and it sets it up with last year's playoffs, um, all the teams... And I thought, well, I guess I'll just leave that, but I'll yank Atlanta out and throw Philly in there. Right, uh, right. So I had a one-game, you know, I had the wild card, the one-game playoff against St. Louis. Uh, so I was like, well, this this will be exciting because it's <laughs> one game and I could I could be out just like that. Exactly. So, and the winner goes on to play Washington, I believe. So... Uh, first inning, I score two runs and I'm like, sweet. All right. I'm right up two nothing. This is exciting. Yeah. Well, then they come back and score two runs. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they went up three to two, I think. And then I'm hanging there for till maybe the seventh inning, sixth or seventh inning. So bottom of the sixth or seventh, wherever we are here, I just break the game wide open. And I scored five unanswered. Jeez. Yeah, five runs. (laughs) Just like that. Yeah. Uh, And the last one was like a three-run homer, which was just awesome. (laughs) I was freaking out. I was like, this is awesome! (laughs) And the whole stadium's going nuts. (laughs) And 
I ended up holding them off. I, I screwed up bringing in a, a reliever um, because uh, now this is a problem I've had with MLB uh, with their interface. Uh, you go into the bullpen mm. and you know you scroll down and you, you pick your guys that are up there and they're throwing and everything. Well, when you go back into the bullpen and if you just if you're not paying very close attention, right? You're you're looking at the guy that's that's throwing. You glance over at the names there, and the guy that's throwing has like a yellow highlight around his box. Yes. <laughs> so I assume around his box. So I assume I hit X and it'll put him in the game. No. I hit X and it's putting the first guy on the list in the game because I didn't move the list you yeah, know, yeah. down the list. Yeah. But it, but and, it shouldn't put I, him in right away. It should ask you what you want to do with him. Well, yeah. And I just said, it said, do you want to? And I was like, well, duh, I'm trying oh, to put the guy in the game. God. You and then know? you have to pitch at least one pitch with the, with the other guy. Well, so I started to warm him up and I'm looking and I'm like, this doesn't look right. Something's wrong here. And I was like, wait a minute. What's it? Oh. So I was like, all right, well, my screw up. Let me see if I can get him through at least one batter here. Uh, and he struck the guy out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, all right. So I'll just leave him in here until he screws up because Ooh. I have a guy ready to come right in. Yeah. And, and he got through the inning with one hit. And I was like, that's perfect. You did it. Uh, that's all I needed. <laughs> wow, you're lucky. Uh, and then I got my other guys in there, and it was all good. I ended up winning. And... That was it. That's the only game I played. I just, it was exciting though. So it was the one game playoff, and now I have to uh, have a full series against um, Washington coming up. So, (laughs) see, I I really love that that playoff system though, because uh, not just because it's the whole thing about you don't have to go through the whole season to play it, you know. And and what you were talking about, I I completely agree. I mean, that that's part of the part of the whole process is playing the season and you know getting the playoffs. But the cool thing about the playoff system that they have in there is that you can do the what-if scenarios. So you can actually set up all the teams the way you want them. You can set it up where you only have to play, like, in the first round, you only have to play one or two games. You know, you don't have to play through the whole thing if you don't want to. Yeah. And it's really fun to do it that way. Uh, the only thing that I thought was kind of a, a letdown is, uh, well, it wasn't a total letdown because the Brewers won the World Series when I played the playoffs that one time, which, you know, that'll never happen. But, like, there was barely any fanfare at the end of the game. Like, you get the trophy and boom, oh, that's the it. End of the like, World Series? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was enough. That kind of sucks. There was enough, but I think one of the things that wasn't there was there wasn't like an MVP of, or they announced the MVP of the series, but they didn't really do anything about it. They just kind of said, oh, Ricky Weeks MVP, and that was it. Mm. So, but I mean, it was cool. I, I really love it, though, because I've gone through that a few times now where. Uh, like we'll be sitting around like, oh, you know, what if this team would have gotten into the playoffs last year? What if that team would have done done it? I wonder how that would have all played out. And obviously, yeah. you don't know for sure, but it's it's a pretty accurate system that they have, and it, it's really fun to see kind of the what if scenarios happen. So I, I love that they that they have that in the game. That's actually one of my favorite yeah, things. It's cool. It's actually a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, also, we need so. to uh, chide and ridicule Biff Sticks as much as possible. Uh, the man has never seen Super Troopers. Really, Biff Sticks? Really? <sighs> You're a douche. Really? <laughs> That's almost as bad as, as Josh not liking Ted. No. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not alone on that. 
as we saw in I know and, I just feedback and stuff I'm just giving you sh- I really honestly thought you would like that though but anyway I really honestly thought I would like it too <laughs> yeah. but it just fell flat for me that's fine that's fine what can I say just let's let's get off of you and make fun of Biff sticks all right I mean how have you not seen super troopers it's on every day yeah and it's awesome it is who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Biff Sticks. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good movie. Oh, Biff um, Sticks. So, I mean, that was all I played, but I was going to tell you, I, I keep forgetting to mention that, uh, and it's almost over now, yeah. <laughs> season five of The Venture Brothers has been on. Yes. And... I keep missing it for a couple weeks, then watching like three in a row, you know? Right. And wow. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any better. I didn't, I, I'm blown away by how much better this season is than anything they've done up to this point. And it's great because you know, the character so well at this point. Yeah. And and they're just fleshing things out, and they're taking things in directions that you wouldn't expect. It's so much fun, and it's so hilarious. Uh, Whereas my I, uh, season pass got deleted somehow, and it didn't record any of them. Oh. But it's Cartoon Network. I'm sure they'll play it over and over and over, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. Well, they've all been... Uh, I keep seeing on Twitter, um, you know... Uh, blah blah last night's episode is now available for download at blah yeah I think they've got it on their website so they're actually putting it up there um, I don't know if it's for sale or for what but they're they're actually putting oh. it up on the website and everything I'll, I'll, so that you can get it I'll check their website for some reason I have a feeling it might be uh, Hulu and I'm not doing that hmm yeah it's cool though um, it's really been good this season um I, I've really enjoyed it. They they they're referencing things uh, from older seasons. They're referencing things from movies that are completely unexpected. Um, the little tag that they'll have after the credits; uh, those are just getting better and better. One I just busted out laughing, and I couldn't stop laughing for like a good couple minutes about it. I just kept going over it in my head because it was such a funny ending. Um, but yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed that show. Um, yeah. And somebody they either tweeted or emailed or something about Arrow. Yeah. Uh, how we had talked about it, talked about it, and then we just kind of it petered out. Well, I still haven't watched the last two episodes of the season. Oh. That's kind of why. It's a two-parter and too. I know it's yeah. like a big, big thing, and we keep talking about you know we need to watch it, but we haven't been able to watch much of anything. Um, so it's been tough. I mean, we're <laughs> we're weeks behind on True Blood. We're weeks behind. On, we haven't watched a single Dexter yet uh, this season. Wow! And it's the final season. We're three episodes in, I think. Yeah. For that, well, four tomorrow. We're not going to see it because uh, we'll be down the shore. Um, oh, down the shore. That's the new drinking game this week. Every time Josh mentions being down the shore, you have to take a shot. Okay. Well, <laughs> well enjoy that one shot you had, everybody, because that's about yeah, it. Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, we will be down the shore. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, they do have a few episodes on their website, but it doesn't really 
like they've got four things they just have listed as episodes, and then they have six things they're called gold episodes. Huh. So I don't know. So if, I wonder if you have to, you have like, to... sign up for some kind of pass and. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Um, it looks like you just have to make sure that you have a, a cable a cable account. So you have to sign up for an account, but it's free. And oh, then, like Verizon or one of those. Yeah, or yeah. Cam, Comcast. Because it just asked me for yeah. my charter login. Whoop. Oh, shit. Now something's starting. Hold on. I can hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so it looks like you can get at least this this season's episodes, I think. They're just not labeled very well. Yeah. But, they, yeah, I'll take a look. Do they have the names of the episodes? Because I could tell you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Which... What color is your clean suit? Yeah, that's the Venture first one. Libre. Yep. Dia de los Dangerous. Oh, no, that's old. And Careers in Science. That's old. Okay. So the first two, those are the free ones. And then the gold episodes are Bot Seeks Bot. That's brand new. That's Bom- Mama's week. Boys. That's, yeah. Yep. OS I Love You. Uh, yep. Spanakopita. Spanakopita. Oh, okay. Spanakopita. <laughs> and Sphinx Rising. So you have to have a cable account to, to view those. Those are all brand new this season. Uh, the recent okay. ones. Yeah. The Man. It's so good. It's, <laughs> it's been so great because you really like what I needed to do. I had to go back and watch the last episode of season four. Okay. Um, just to catch myself up and refresh my memory as to what was happening because literally episode one picks up the morning after <laughs> of that episode. And, so much is going on. Like I watched 30 seconds of it and I was like, whoa, whoa, all right, wait, 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 wait. And I had to stop and I had to go back. I was like, I have to watch this again. Okay. Now I see what's going on and where we are. I remember because it was like two years ago with season yeah. four. Yeah. They're very slow when it comes to getting these things out, but they take their time and it's cool because <laughs> Cartoon Network doesn't, you know, lean on them to get these things done. Yeah. Uh, They've got and their plans. They know pretty much where they're going with everything. Uh, it's just a matter of writing it all, animating it, and getting it out. So they, they take their time with it, which can be a little frustrating when you're waiting two years for the next season. But <laughs> And they only uh, have season one up on, uh, on Netflix, and that's from 2003. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. 2000, seriously? 2003? It says 2003, unless How Netflix is wrong. Is that? Yeah. And we're in season five, yeah. 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, hang on, let me. That came out a year after the first Ratchet and Clank on the PS2. It was. Well, all right. No, the pilot was 2003. Oh, well, Netflix doesn't really give you. So here Tons it is. This is this is the best. All right. So the pilot came out February two thousand three. Yeah. The first episode came out August two thousand four. Jesus. Like a year and a half later. Well, animation takes a while. Yeah. So that went to oh four. Then the next season was oh six, oh eight. Mm. Uh, I'm seeing a pattern here. Nine and ten. Actually, it's been three years. Wow. Uh, because that season three and four were right on top of each other, essentially. They went from 
June 08 to August 08. And right. then season four was October 09 to November 10. Um, but this season didn't start until uh, June 2nd this year. So it's been like two and a half years, almost three years. Wow. Yeah. Looks like Amazon Instant Video has a bunch of the episodes, too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they should. Season 2 DVDs are 10 bucks. Season 1 DVDs are 10 bucks. Hmm. Really? Season 4 volume... Wow, they did different volumes for Season 4? Seriously? No. You can yeah. Get one. No, you can get Well, that's what they're one. showing. Well, oh, wait, here. Complete Season 4, 20 bucks. Really? Season three, ten. So season four is twenty bucks for some reason. But that's well. Season three and four are available on Blu-ray. I know. I'm looking at it right now. That's oh, what I'm looking wait. at. It's only twenty bucks on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. Venture Brothers Complete Season Four Blu-ray is twenty bucks. Holy crap! Yep. I'm getting that right now <laughs> via the Amazon I, link. <laughs> no, I've been, yeah, I know. I've been holding off on that though because <laughs> it's been like thirty, forty bucks forever. Yeah, it says standard price is thirty nine ninety nine. It's oh, down yeah, to twenty bucks. Oh, it's on sale. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, do you see the box cover for season three though? Isn't that awesome? Three, 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 three. Oh, it's like an old Atari twenty six hundred game. Yeah. Yes, it is, and old, it's uh, it's a different Activision one game. for DVD. I mean, it's the same picture and all, but it's it's like a yellow yellowish orange box or yeah. a blue box. That's so nice. freaking awesome. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, season three on Blu-ray is sixteen ninety-nine. Yeah, dude, these are way on sale. These are definitely worth getting. Oh my gosh, ten bucks for season one and two. So head over to psnation.com and hit that affiliates link on the right or on the left side, and you can yeah. find your Amazon link. I'm I'm grabbing season <clears throat> four because I have the other ones. I've just been waiting because it costs too much. I, I yeah. was not going to spend forty bucks, thirty-five, forty bucks on that. Uh, <laughs> Because it just never dropped. Um, damn. Oh, that's cool. So for anybody thinking that, that Josh and I lay out the show ahead of time, I think you've finally been uh, convinced that we don't. <laughs> we really don't talk during the week except for in emails about PS Nation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Well, awesome. essentially, so well, it, it's mainly because you and I hate each other. But Yeah, pretty much. Out of that hate comes a lot of love. Yeah. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Well, see, this is the best part, because the, the last episode of season four is Operation Prom, where Hank and Dean have been homeschooled the whole time, so they have a homeschool prom, <laughs> which is yeah. freaking awesome. Because, of course, he's got $500 to spend on the entire thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to throw like this big prom and have a DJ and... Um, all this stuff, it, it just, it's beautiful the way it all plays out. And it's, it's really funny because I've been in a total archer mode this last week for some reason. And I think if I, if things work out right tonight, I'm probably going to end up watching one of the seasons tonight. Yeah. I'm just totally in the mood for archer this weekend. I almost watched the cancer, um, one again, man. Uh, but what did I, I I ended up watching something else. I forget what it was. Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I sat down and I was trying to. I I had like a half hour, 
And I'm sitting there like, what should I watch? What should I watch? Ooh, Archer, the cancer. That was really good. <laughs> but no, Love that I show. did not. Um, All right. Hmm. Are you done creaming yourself over the Venture Brothers? I think so. Man, that's such a good show. I, yeah, it is. I love it. Oh, I no, I know what I watched. I watched a bunch of uh, this season's Futurama. Ah, uh, yes. I'm behind by three episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, technically it's part two of season seven. Right. Um, but uh, they did a beautiful... Yeah, I'm behind by like two two or three episodes now. But did you see T, the terrestrial? No, that's actually the one I need to see next. Oh. I think. Yeah, because I saw it in my queue. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's really They have good. really I mean, gone all out this last season. I mean... Well, they have. It's, it's The insanity yeah. is just way beyond what they've ever done before. And it's great, because, you know, they know it's the end, and they're they're getting out up uh, uh, the end again. Yeah. Um, but they're getting out all the big crazy things that they've wanted to get out and it's just been a lot of fun so yeah it's gonna be kind of a bummer when that's over again but well there's there's other things that can take our time right now there's some it's almost like a renaissance of comedy right now uh comedy central is actually putting a couple decent shows on and cartoon network has just been going crazy and and um American Dad's actually moving to TBS now. TBS or TNT, one of the two, uh, hmm. from Fox. So American Dad's going to stay on because American Dad, I think, especially in the last three seasons, has hit another gear, and it's just been exceptionally good. Um, I mean, Simpsons has actually been getting better lately. Like, It's been more consistent lately. Uh, Family Guy's been awesome lately. Um Amy Schumer's new show is really good. You know, there, there's been some great stuff. So at the moment, there's not really a shortage of comedy, which I'm happy about. Maria Bamford's new CD came out this week. It's really good. Hmm. Yeah. And a new Pet Shop Boys album, by the way. Hey. It's exceptional. That? Is it really? It's not. It, it it's it's more modern than you would normally hear from those guys, but it's still got that Pet Shop Boys kind of feel to it. There's actually a couple songs in there that are a lot less complex than you normally get from them too. But back in the day, uh, when I actually still played piano and keyboard and everything, I I really loved their albums. They they did some amazing stuff on the synths and uh, with the sequencers and everything. And and it's kind of cool having this new Pet Shop Boys album to kind of uh, contrast a little bit with uh, Daft Punk's new album. Uh, obviously they're very yeah. different. Daft Punk is, is really about like kind of the 60s, 70s, uh, style of music, but it, it's really weird because I'm listening to both of them and it's such a weird contrast between the two and <clears throat> just been enjoying both of them heavily. So yeah, I was like just kind of tooling around at work the other day on my phone. I'm like, wait, Pet Shop Boys, what? Boom. So if you're on my Google plus, you get a free listen to the entire album, uh, because I can Ooh. choose to do that. So you can actually go to my Google plus and hit play and you can listen to the whole album once pretty neat i like how they do that it's interesting yeah and that's how i got maria bamford's new one too so if you're interested in that uh she's hilarious and uh there's a full play on on my google plus for that too so sorry broken again 
Cool. Well, no, I'm I'm done. I believe. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I've been um, sharted away at the uh, the motel down in uh, Madison, but I, I got a different one this next coming week. But also, I get to work from home Mondays now, so it's nice. I'm home a little bit more. I think I'll be a little more comfortable and ready to get back into the gaming. So I really didn't play a lot since we recorded last time, but there are a couple things that I played, and they're all new for me. So first off. It's uh, it's from UFO Interactive. It's uh, I'm gonna butcher this name, but Mem- Memorukan Curse. So this is a kind of cute 'em up shmup, but not really in terms of the traditional shmup that you would think of. Uh, think of like Castle Shikigami too. Those kind of overhead uh, arcade shmups that when you play them on a monitor, you know you have the black bars on both sides, and it's very very thin. But it's not a space shmup. You're actually running around on the ground, kind of like uh, Pocky and Rocky. Uh, so I only played a little bit today. I played the arcade mode, which is kind of limited by time. And then there's a story mode in it where you go through these different sections and they all have leaderboards for how fast you can get through them and that sort of thing. But, uh, it's, it's got a lot of elements of regular shmups that we've seen come out lately. It's bullet hell to a certain extent, uh, especially in the boss battles. Uh, but like I said, you're running around, so you have obstacles in front of you and, and, you know, it's really odd, but also you're shooting with your, your right stick. You're not using a button to shoot. You're using the right stick and then you're like your super shot or they call it the curse bullet or curse shot. Uh, use like the R1 or you can hit triangle to do that. So kind of strays from the normal shmup that a lot of people have been used to the last few years from Japan, but so far pretty cool game. I'm really enjoying it. It's not like PS3 visuals, uh, I don't know if the, I have to look this one up because this is one I've never heard of before. But the funny thing is, there's a ton of slowdown in places. So I don't know if that's meant to be that way because it was an arcade game. It was in the arcade game, or if it's a PS2 game that they're emulating. I don't really know. But I thought that that really shocked me when I walked into an area and all of a sudden it was like there was all this stuff on the screen and it slowed way down. I went, wait a second, what? So, but it's a neat hmm. little game. It's like ten bucks on the PSN right now. It just came out this week. Uh, but I haven't really gotten deep in, in enough to really do any type of review on it whatsoever. But it, it's a it's a definite. It's not that cookie cutter shmup that you're used to. It's 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 got a lot of differences to it. So it's pretty cool. Uh, also played. It's a PSN game, PSM game uh, for the Vita called Hermit Crab in Space. I think it was only a couple of bucks. I w- I wanted to look it up before we recorded, but we started earlier than I realized because I wasn't watching the clock. <clears throat> but I thought this is the one. That won uh, like the Indie Award at GDC, I want to say, last year or the year before. So I need to look that up still. But it's a really interesting game where you're – they call you a hermit crab. So you're like this little craft floating in space. And when you, you – you, there will be little parts flowing, floating around. So like engine parts, boosters, guns, that sort of thing. And you can use your finger on the touchscreen and grab those parts and put them onto your ship. And you can turn them with the D-pad and, and that kind of thing, and then you can assign a button to it. So you can have you keep picking up guns, and you can have like ten guns on your ship, and you can have one point to the right, one to the left, a bunch forward, that sort of thing. And you and you have like boosters that'll boost your engines and or your guns. Uh, so it's kind of like this Lego ship to a certain extent, uh, but you have to have spots in the two D environment to uh, to hook things onto. So you're just always growing. Uh, so like your engines, <clears throat> you'll assign the ones on the right to your right trigger and the ones on your left your left trigger whatever you want to do and that's how you sh- that's how you uh, fly so if you have more uh, engines on the one side than the other you'll actually keep turning so you have to kind of the, the flying takes a lot of skill basically it's not just like hit a button and fly 
And it's a really simplistic game. You just warp into this area and there's all these enemies and you have to take them out and then you can salvage parts from those enemies. Once you get through all the enemies, one of them has like a little warp core and you attach that to your ship, assign a different button to it, hit the button and you warp to the next uh, section. And you have, I think, seven or eight worlds to get to before you get quote unquote home. And once you get home, the game ends. But where the variety comes from is the different ways that you can set up your ship, uh, how fast you can get through levels, that sort of thing. So very, very cheap game. Aesthetically speaking, very well done, very minimalistic, but very well done. You can put like little shields on your ship and everything else. And the first time I played it, I almost got cut in half, actually. It was kind of funny how it happened. And you don't really plan on it, but it just kind of happens. So you have to really watch where you're going, what you're doing, and and it's a neat little game, though. It took me about probably 45 minutes to an hour to get through it all, and I'm definitely going to go back and play it some more, because now I know what the mechanics are. I want to try to do some different things and get through faster. So hmm. it's it's cool. It's, it's one of the better PSM games I've played. So very highly recommended if you want something to just kind of pass the time with. And then uh, last but not least, because like I said, I haven't really played very many games yet, uh, I Finally, uh, I have them all on my hard drive, so I wanted to play Ratchet & Clank HD, the first one. So I started playing that this morning. I put about three hours into it. Uh, yeah. Think? Excellent HD port. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, there's a couple weird things. Like when you go to the, to the little shop, it's stretched really weird. Like they didn't put a lot of time and effort into the shop interface. Yeah, so, it throws you off. Like I, I mentioned it the first time I yeah. played it a couple months ago, where you jump in and it's all HD and or you know and beautiful and widescreen, and then all of a sudden it cuts back to four by three, and yeah. shows you something that's completely untouched, and then you jump back to the HD again. So yeah, yeah, there's some weirdness, but for the most part, it it's actually really good. I think this is one of the better HD ports I've played so far. Uh, it looks fantastic. The frame rate is rock solid. Uh, boy, the music in that game sure wasn't that good, though. <laughs> After hearing what we yeah. hear nowadays, yeah, it, it's pretty cheesy music. But it's it's weird to play that though, because like with all those games back then, you know, I I got them, I played them for a little bit, but not enough, yeah, uh, and never to the end of any of them, but. Playing them now, after playing, you know, Future Tools of Destruction all the way to the end and everything, and I, Ratchet was a dick. Yeah, back then in that first game, he was a real dick. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and even the way they they started the game just seemed really odd. Just the way that the the uh, the, the cinematics worked out, there was no cohesion between them. It was just like. It would show Ratchet working on his little ship, and all of a sudden it would go to this robot factory with no no explanation whatsoever, and all these robots are popping out, and then Clank pops out. And then he just kind of jumps in this tube and into the ship, and that's it. And then it goes back to Clank, and he's just kind of screwing around, or Ratchet, and he's just kind of screwing around like, what? what is going on here? Yeah. So it's funny to see the progression of how the games look even today and with Tools of Destruction and, and all the newer ones compared to that first one and, and how much it's evolved since then. Because it really jumped all over the place. But at the same time, you know, you've got all the same voices. Uh, the story itself, now that the game is going, is really good. I mean, there's, there's some great yeah. writing there, and it's still really funny, and it's a beautiful game. I mean, the, the HDification isn't like, he doesn't have fur yet or anything like that, but it looks very, very good. 
some good lighting, some great texture work, and uh, the cameras rock solid like it was in the first game anyway. And I, I finished the first game, but I mean, that was 10 years ago, so I don't really remember anything from it. So it's kind of fun to, to play through it again. Really neat, though. I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. So, yeah, I can't wait to get on to the other games, too. I want to get through this one and get to the other ones. Wouldn't mind getting through all of them before yeah. I get to the, uh, into the Nexus. That's what I keep saying to myself. I would love to play through all of them. Um, because, you know, as I've said, I never finished um, any of those games. Mm. And it would be cool to actually play through all of them, you know, right through the full story, the full Ratchet and Clank story. Because there are, what, there were four of those. And then um, Tools of Destruction, uh, the Booty one, uh, Crack in Time. And then, well, I don't. Do we really Seven. consider all and all, all for one and uh, full frontal part of the story? Probably not. Uh, probably I don't not. Think so. But yeah, well, yeah. But that's the thing, you know. There, there are a ton of games. A oh, ton yeah. of Ratchet and Clank games. It's crazy. I've only there's only one that I haven't finished, and that was a PS2 one. I don't remember why, but there was one that I didn't finish, but. I finished Tools of Destruction. I finished A Crack in Time. Oh. I'm not going to replay through those, though. And Size Matters. <laughs> so which one Size Matters? Is the, the, the PSP, PSP one? one that came to the PS2 oh. eventually. Ooh. And Secret, yeah. Secret Agent Clank. I'll never finish that game. Yeah. It's awful. I mean, there, I mean Size Matters <clears throat> is the one everybody forgets about because it was essentially it was a PSP game that was it had its issues, but they did bring it to the PS2. Um, Size Matters actually wasn't that bad of a game. It was yeah. it was Secret Agent Clank that I hated. It yeah. just had no soul whatsoever. It just didn't feel like a Ratchet and Clank game. Yeah. No, I, I want to get through the PS2 ones, the, all the remakes. Uh, I'm not going to play through the f- PS3 ones again because I just played through them not too long ago, but uh, it'd be fun. I don't know if I'll ever get achieve that, but it, it'll be fun trying. I'm going to work on it when we're done today, so... <laughs> <laughs> well and also i got that painkiller game that came out in europe like a while back but doesn't come out over here until august which is really funny because we can't review it until august and i'm like wait it's out in europe already so i'm gonna play that before i send it to randy that's just dopey we have yeah. uh, european writers <laughs> i know i know i'll have to look into it a little bit more because Chaz told us it came out already i don't remember seeing it but yeah so I'm going to play it anyway, just get a feel for it at least. Uh, and then last, it's not anything I watched, but we do need to talk a little bit about this. So a report came out this week, and I don't even know if you saw this yet, but a report came out this week with visual proof that Netflix is cropping the living shit out of movies. Are they really? Oh, yeah. Like cutting out complete characters. It's almost like Pan and Scan, but they're showing it in a widescreen. What, how what, How are they doing that? Nobody knows why they're doing it. But they're cropping them. Instead of cropping them to 3-4, though, they're just zooming in, basically. And nobody knows That's why. really odd. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think Netflix actually said something about it, but it, I think it popped up originally on... Reddit, I want to say. Obviously, because Reddit, they catch everything nowadays. Uh, let me see if I can find a good story, because it's all over the net. Uh, and I like it, because Netflix denied it at first, and now they said, yeah, they do it every now and then. 
<clears throat> but there was there were pictures from Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey and uh, Jerry the King Lawler. And there's the original shot of the movie where they're sitting on the Letterman show and Lawler's pointing at um, at, at Jim Carrey with the you know the uh, the neck brace on and everything. And then the Netflix version is Jerry Lawler pointing at him, but you can't even see his index finger. So it cut off the entire left side of the picture. Huh. Yeah. Uh, same with That's There Will Be Blood. Bizarre. Same with Last Action Hero. Yeah. So, oh, it was on Tumblr that they found it. Uh, also, it might only be certain regions. They don't know for sure yet uh, because this person actually jumped to a different couple of different regions. Um, and they're saying the, the true culprit of this might be film studios because the film studios might be delivering that content to Netflix. And that makes the most sense is yeah. that Netflix is just showing the video that they have. And right. if they've got fucked up video in the first place, you know, and that's why mm-hmm. that could also explain why Netflix would say, no, we don't do that. And then they looked at it and said, holy shit, we're doing that. Why are we doing that? <laughs> yeah. So it might not be Netflix's fault. Uh, it might be what the studios are sending and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's it's definitely – it sucks. I mean, it's funny. I was such I was, I was such a hard ass about that, and that's why I have Laserdisc. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I have Laserdisc is that back in the yeah. day, you would watch Pan and Scan movies on TV and on VHS, and there was so much of the movie you were missing. I mean, you would, you would miss up to 60% of the movie because of that. And Laserdisc, you could get everything widescreen, and I mean, the the classic, uh, the classic explanation is always The Empire Strikes Back on Laserdisc. Uh, Adam and I were so young when that movie came out that we didn't even remember this stuff until we saw it. But <clears throat> when the Star Destroyers are in the asteroid field, when they're hunting down the Millennium Falcon, and um, oh no, yeah, even before that, when they're on Hoth and they're trying to escape Hoth, and they fire the ion cannon and they hit the first Star Destroyer with the ion cannon, which the ion cannon doesn't do any damage; it just takes all all the power out, it takes the electrical out. Well, you would just kind of see it falling a little bit, which is kind of funny. But you would see it falling in uh, the TV version and, and VHS and everything else. When you finally saw the the original aspect ratio of that movie. You would actually see the engines kind of sputtering out, and you're like, "Oh, that's what the ion cannon does." Gee, that would have been nice to know. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of that kind of stuff in a lot of movies. Once you start watching, like when we were kids, even you, Josh, when when we were kids, we would all we had was TV and four three aspect ratio, and they would pan and scan yeah. the movies like crazy, and you really didn't notice it until you got older. And I mean, there were movies that you would see them like moving it back and forth really violently, and then you go, "Wait a second, I don't remember this this happening in this movie." So when I finally started working at the video store and we had Laserdisc there and I'd rented it a few times and, and I knew about it ahead of time, but I didn't know how drastic it was. And we actually set up a TV next to – we had two TVs sitting next to each other and we ran, ran both versions at once. And that's when we really figured out the differences. So it, it's kind of weird. I, I'm really surprised that studios would still do that to this day. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me because these, these are the same studios that still release full – screen dvds well yeah <laughs> i mean I, I i think i've talked about it that the first time i saw it was on a siskel and ebert where they showed <clears throat> uh, they decided to talk about widescreen because i think dvd was on the horizon and there were still questions about whether dvd was coming um whether it was not coming, whether it was going to be Divix, you know, all these fights. Um, and actually, like, DVD was 
standardized. It was all set. I remember reading about it in Wired a couple of years before it came out. They said, look, all these plants are built, all these factories are built and ready to go, and all the machine is sitting there dormant and yeah. wrapped up in plastic because the studios can't agree on all this stuff and move forward. Right. You know, they were all terrified of moving off of VHS and onto this new format. Um, so it took years and years. And in the middle of all that, uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, put together a show where they showcased um, letterboxed format versus four by three, you know, right. widescreen format, and explained why this is how you should, this is the only way you should see a movie and everything. And when I saw that, the, the, big test one they showed and the one that really shows it off dramatically was the opening scene from blade runner yes where you're coming out across the city and they show it four by three and you're like oh that's pretty cool and then they show a widescreen <laughs> you're like holy crap it's a different movie it's yeah but you know what's even worse what's even worse is uh ben hur because oh, ben yeah. hur was shot in like 240 to one or something. This is yeah. this ridiculous aspect ratio or 285 to one, I think or something. It was just, it was crazy. And when they were showing it on TV, you were losing like 80% of the picture. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like Lawrence they of Arabia. Barely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lawrence of Arabia is another type. one. And, uh, even like empire or, uh, return of the Jedi was done in, uh, I want to say 240 to one, which or 235 or 240 to one, uh, which was the most widescreen they, they did at the time. And, and, or for star Wars movies, but I remember vividly Ben Hur, them showing that on TV as as the example because that was the extreme, because it was shot in you know like cinemascope essentially like a lot of those old westerns back in the day. Yeah. And how much you would lose, especially on those westerns with those beautiful vistas that like John Ford would would shoot. I mean, he's not the greatest director in the world, but that guy knew how to shoot vistas, and he knew how to shoot locations. And it, yeah, it, it, it was a big thing, and I just became such a purist. You know, I, I became that guy, like VHS, yeah. ha ha, get it on laser desk. And then, of course, someone had to post that video this week on Facebook. Jerks, think I did. But that was the thing. Like right after I saw that, <laughs> any movie I was getting, if because DVD was still way off on the horizon, it was this. Who knows if it's ever going to come? Yeah. Um. I was getting VHS widescreen because you could get them that way. Yeah. Uh, and I had to special order them. And I had yep. a place that I would go to and I would I would say, all right, do you guys even, is this even in the catalog? Can I get this widescreen? And we'd go through all these different things. And, and I ordered the uh, Star Wars original trilogy box set. Yep. Like in this big fancy box set with the booklet and everything and an extra tape that the fourth tape had like a whole behind the scenes thing of all yep. the movies and i, I scoffed and it, at that by the way because i had the laser disc uh the 250 well, definitive collection no i did uh, i was like pa, pa, vhs pa. i've got all every disc i've got has a commentary track on it exactly including the worst commentary track in history well pretty much the worst with ben burt doing the commentary in the second and empire strikes back Ben Burt's a genius, but the man is so boring to listen to. <laughs> he you know, is awful. I, ben Burt, when I was, I guess I was seven or eight, we were down the shore, and somebody we know, somebody were related to, or some. I'm either like indirectly related to Ben Burt, or 
somebody I, I'm related to knows him, is like best friends with him. I forget hmm. which it is. There's some weird connection there. And they explained it, and they said his name. I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> Someday like, we'll yeah. find it, the Ben Burke connection. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I should ask my mom if she remembers. Um, well, you're going to see her tomorrow, aren't you? I am. There you go. And we're going to be almost at the exact same place, so it's perfect. But are you going to be down um, on the shore? That's what we really want to know. Huh? They're down the shore. Down <laughs> the shore. A, there's a drinking game going on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be down the shore, so drink. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I enough. Forgot. Drink! Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... It, I don't know. It's weird, because for a long time, studios, that's what they did, and they still do that with a lot of things. I mean, a lot of Ugh. movies, and I still don't understand that. Like, you'll see... You know, some great movie is on TV, and I'll stop for a second, and I'll go to watch it. And it starts with, you know, this movie has, has been, been altered edited, from its original it's format. Been, yeah, it's been altered. It's been altered for time and content and format and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, what the f Yeah. You know, yeah. That's why we have... That's, that's why 16 by 9 TVs exist now. I'm so glad that happened, though. Once widescreen TV started kind of becoming the standard and Blu-ray hit, because I don't think I've ever seen a full frame Blu-ray. If it's, you know, if, if the original format was in 16.9, I don't think them, I don't think I've seen yet them bring a Blu-ray out that is formatted differently, which is good. Thank God. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's crazy. And <laughs> I, I told the story that that same place where I was ordering, you know, special ordering these, these movies, um, eventually DVD did come out and people would be renting, uh, or buying for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and somebody asked for, and it was a big, it was like Armageddon or something like that, you know, <laughs> I know, but at the same time, it's a big spectacle of a movie, True. you know, where you would want to see everything. And they were ordering it. I, I think it was because I was behind them thinking the same thing. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> but, um, I love you know, the, you, man. the clerk says, all right, do you want uh four by three or, or widescreen, you know, letterbox or, or, um, or full screen. Yeah. And the girl's like, what's the difference? And they're like, well, you know, full screen is four by three. It'll take up your entire TV screen. The other one has the black bar. Oh no, I don't want those yeah. black bars. Then I lose half the picture. I yeah. don't want to see that. Nobody understood. It took forever <laughs> for them to explain it to people and really get the information <laughs> out there because that was the prevailing attitude. Yeah. Was that oh those black bars they cut off half my movie I don't want that. Well, see, I worked at a video store in college uh, up in Oshkosh, which isn't there anymore. But uh, it was it was a you know mom and pop store, and and they did a lot of laserdisc. They they rented a lot of laserdisc. They would special order for you and everything. And and we had this big poster put up in the store that that showed you a scene from a movie in both formats. Mm. And yeah. We you don't know how many times we heard people say, "Oh, that cuts off the screen," and you're like, "No, it doesn't." And he would show them the picture. Really? And some still didn't care. They just wanted to make sure that their entire TV was being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like that. 
Um, and also, speaking of commentaries, if you want to listen to one of the most thorough but most boring commentaries in the history of movie commentaries, uh, if you have the criterion for The Seven Samurai, which is a, my, my favorite Kurosawa film still, uh, that and Yojimbo, um, the, the commentary on the cri- criterion is done by this like film professor or something, and he is the most thorough but absolutely most boring person to listen to in the history of commentaries. Like He'll be talking about a scene while it's going on. And the movie, like, it'll fade to black to transition to another scene. And he'll actually say, and we fade to black. And it comes back up. And I, oh, <laughs> I remember calling Rock during it. Going, this is horrible. He goes, why are you listening to it? Then like, well, there's information, but it's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the best wow. commentaries is the commentaries on um, uh, uh, Orgasmo. Because they actually have and- people that don't even have anything to do with the movie doing commentaries for it <laughs> and mall rats because muse and is femme hammered fatale. and femme fatale oh yeah which i have <laughs> yeah um there's a few other i mean kevin smith movies are always great for commentaries but and the animated series is awesome the clerks animated series has an awesome yeah. commentary track but yeah, yeah i'll never forget that criterion for uh seven samurai i have it on laserdisc and oh god and it's funny when you talk about like moving from VHS to DVD. I fought DVD tooth and nail for a long time. I, I fought it hard. And the only reason I got it originally was my, my Laserdisc player had died. And I bought this new one because <clears throat> it was like a floor model and they had it pretty cheap. And I, I was desperate. And it had a DVD player built into it as well. So it played both Laserdisc and DVD. Which, historically, that's not a good idea because it means it plays both of them kind of crappy. But... uh I got it. I'm like, well, since I have a DVD player, I might as well try it out. So I went and bought two DVDs. And this is probably when there were about 30 DVDs in the stores, and that's it. I bought Mortal Kombat. (laughs) And I bought Das Boot. Ah. Which is an amazing DVD. The original one even was. Now there's like a super bit, and there's a four-hour cut and everything else. But I remember vividly, and I still have it, this, this Das Boot DVD, because... The big fight I always have with a lot of people over Laserdisc was, well, you have to flip the disc over. Blah, blah, blah. Daspoo DVD you had to flip over. Because <laughs> it was such a long movie, and they, and they did it at a really high bit rate uh, that they actually had it on both sides of the DVD. But I, I was at the time, I was like, see, you even have to flip DVDs over. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm my the snob. Original, my original copy of... Uh, <clears throat> Oh, what is it? The oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it. The Western. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies too. Unforgiven. Um. Oh wait, uh, it's probably a long movie. Hang on. Yeah, it's well, it's not that long. The Wild Bunch. Ah yes. Uh, it's a little over two hours, two and a half hours almost. Um, I have that on Laserdisc yeah, as well. The original uh, DVD of that you had to flip. Yeah. Um, Oh, that was just that was just like my my uh, that my crowning moment when I when I saw that I'm like oh because everybody was giving me shit even though I have a laser player that flips it for you so it was only I had this this really good pioneer that would flip it within five seconds it was really really fast and uh, well it didn't flip it it just played the other side but um, yeah that was my like my big thing like oh see you still have to flip DVDs fuck you <laughs> well my big thing about laserdisc has always been. You actually get – it's an analog picture, but it's a digital sound, okay? So the analog picture is actually a true 
transfer of what's on the film. DVD and Blu-ray, now obviously technology's gotten a lot better with Blu-ray, but DVD especially, they're, they're computer files, they're MPEG files. So the colors aren't exactly what they were on the film sometimes, theoretically, because it's running off of a color palette. You don't get those gradients in there. And that was my whole deal, because on some DVDs early on, you could see that. You could see the, the differences between what it was supposed to be and what it could be, or what it actually was. And, you know, I was just nitpicking because I, I just, I was so, I, I, I was so entrenched with, with, with Laserdisc that I didn't want to go to something else. And I really do truly still love a lot of the Laserdiscs I have. But, <laughs> I was very difficult yeah. about things. <laughs> Yeah, that's a shock. Uh, I'm not difficult anymore. I'm pretty easy going nowadays. You're the difficult uh, one. Uh, uh, you're the difficult one. You know it. All right. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk some farming, which I'm, I should be an expert at since I'm from Kansas, had a farm in Nebraska, and I live in Wisconsin, but apparently not. Uh, we'll talk some emails, and who else, who else knows what we're going to talk about? So we'll be right back. And uh, I'm actually interested in this one, so I, I really can't wait for Josh to tell us all about this one. Uh, for the Vita, Farming Simulator. Which is funny, because when I told you we were going to get a review copy of this, you flipped. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, I, well, I talked about this last week, I think, that yeah. I was into all those sim games. Um, I just thought that it's a neat idea, you know. Um, and... Just the idea that they're bringing farming simulator to the Vita just made me chuckle inside, <laughs> and I thought, I, I want this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very small game, It's and this is going to be a very small review. <laughs> um, it's from Giant Software, ironically enough. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so it's kind of like the, it's kind of like different than the name The Shitty Beatles, because they actually suck. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's only 62 megs. It's a very small oh, wow. file. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it kind of shows in the gameplay. You jump right in. There really isn't much in the way of tutorials or help. Um, it just gives you some basic info on the screen uh, as you start to play through the game. Uh you start off with a uh, small farm. the the entire The entire map itself is not really that big. Okay. Um, there are a number of fields, and and what you do, you start off with one farm, and uh, some of the equipment that you're going to need uh, to sort of harvest your crops. And uh, when the harvester gets full, 
you need to bring over like a little trailer and fill up the trailer, take it over and store it, or you can take it right to market and sell it. Um, what will happen is every now and then a little thing will pop up on the screen saying, you know, the price is really good on grain or wheat or whatever you're, you're growing. Um, and do you want to sell it now? But then you have to get it to that marketplace. Uh, I remember I talked about this where it would tell me that, but, you know, you look on the map and nothing is really marked off as to what anything is. Um, you have to touch the screen on each of the items, on each of the places for it to show you the name, but even that was a little finicky because I did try that and I wasn't getting anything and somebody was like, no, no, look, and they showed me screenshots of it working and I was like, all right, wait, so let me go back in again and I, I huh. got it to happen. Um, but I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing it the first time through and that's, that's the other thing. You know, there's nothing there telling you, oh, by the way, touch on this and it'll tell you the name of it and everything else. You just kind of oh, have okay. to figure these things out on your own. Hmm. Uh, so it doesn't sound like a very intuitive design in a certain way? Not really, yeah. So it, it does have those those little nagging problems here and there. Um, the graphics, you know, they're decent. They're, they're nothing great. And it could have been a much better better looking game. Yeah. Um, but they, they obviously didn't put a ton of work into this. They've, they've done much better work on the other versions of it that are out there for the PC and everything else. Um, because those are much more detailed and there's much more going on in them. Uh, it is a single player game. Um, and the idea is that you're going to, you know, plant your fields, grow your crops, harvest your fields, sell the stuff at market, um, and go from there and just keep right, going. Right. And the idea is to buy more fields, um, buy more equipment. And eventually you've got like all these fields going and all this equipment going on at once, because when you can set your equipment in motion and, uh, let it sort of finish up the field itself. Uh, and you can move on to another one, and it will actually, you know, go up and down the rows and take care of whatever it needs to do in the field. Uh, it will stop if it gets full, if it runs out of gas, if it, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So you do have to jump back and keep an eye on things. It's it's small, you know. It's there's not a lot going on there. It is, like I said, a single player game. You're not competing well, against anyone or anything. You're just trying to build up your farms, uh, all your fields, all your equipment, buy the most equipment. Um, but the, but that, that's kind of a farmer's life, though. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't really go away. It, it, it also depends. Does this give you an option to say like? You want to be a dairy farmer, or is there something out there that you want to be no. a, a you know just do corn and grain, or you know the different types of farming? No, well, it, you can uh, pick which crops you want to plant, um, but that's about it. So, uh, is there any dairy stuff at all? Not that I can recall. I no, can't believe we're talking about this, but <laughs> and I can't believe I know what questions to ask. But I dated enough girls that lived on farms, um, so that's interesting because I mean. 
the life is actually kind of different depending on what you raise. It's if if you do dairy farming, you're getting up really early early in the morning to do the morning milking, wait for the milk truck to show up to pick it up. Uh, you have to milk again in the afternoon, and and you know, and some prefer to do it at night as well. And you know, if you're doing a lot of grains, you're out in the field all day. You know, you're not really around the farm too much. And no, so this, yeah, this, one's this is all kind fields. of more of a Sim City ish, yeah, look at at, at farming. Yeah, and it's pretty much all fields, uh, and it's just you know different crops that you're going to plant. It, uh, you know, and it has a clock running, um, but you you're pretty much doing stuff around the clock um, because it's not a real time thing. It it's moving at an accelerated pace, of course. Sure. So it's the middle of the night, and my 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 harvester is still going, and I'm trying to rush to market to get something sold. So it's not entirely, uh, mm. you know, I could sell something at three in the morning, which is a little odd. Um, <laughs> that's for the co-op that stays open twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's there. You know, it's it's a neat game. It's kind of fun to to pass the time, at, but it does it gets pretty complicated. I mean, you you have to. You have to water your crops. You've got fields that are in bad shape already when you start. Um, you know, and and like I said, they're they're pretty thin on the instructions, uh, so it doesn't make it easy really hmm. trying to understand what's going on there. Um, but there is a ton of equipment to buy, uh, so the idea is that you really want to build up your money and and buy all this stuff and and just kind of keep getting new fields and and new areas to to plant your crops and, so and go is there any kind of end goal i mean mm, not that i've seen <laughs> to become like a corporate mega farm so you have so much waste that you uh that you piss off all the people within a 20 mile radius of your farm and <laughs> or you just try to not go bankrupt is that is that pretty much it you just try to not go bankrupt. Essentially, you're you're unless I miss something. I mean, it's entirely possible I miss something in there. But uh, from what I've seen, that's all you're doing. You're just you're you're doing the daily grind of the life of a farmer, and and that's pretty much it. You're just trying to make more money, get more fields, get more equipment, and just repeat the cycle over and over again. Right. So you know it can get boring if that's not your thing, and it. It can get difficult, uh, you know, as as you plant all these crops and and get more fields and everything like that. It it becomes a balancing act, you know, trying to trying to hold on to things and and get things together. Really, actually, I wonder if in the trophies uh, there is something about. I think in the trophies. It's more about, um, you know, make this much money, make that much money. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, your account has reached more than one million, uh, more than five million, more than ten million. Wow. You've covered more than a hundred kilometers with your vehicles, more than a thousand with your vehicles. Huh. Uh, you've harvested more than one hundred hectares. <laughs> uh, you've sown more than one hundred hectares. You've helped twenty townspeople. Yeah, that was the other weird thing. I that I didn't understand either. Like it said, um, I, I saw this little icon as I was trying to get this stuff to market, 
And I went up to it, and it said, uh, like, some cow has gotten out. Will you help? And I said, sure. And then there was an icon on the screen where there was, like, an arrow on the screen pointing me somewhere. So I'm trying to follow that arrow. And sure. I got to kind of the end point of the arrow, and nothing was there, and nothing happened. And <laughs> I don't know. The cow was, was already killed on. by an 18 wheeler. Yeah, because again, it's not giving me any real information on what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to find this cow or what I'm supposed to do if if I find the cow, you know? So I, it's a little confusing at times. Um, huh. But, I mean, if you like simulator games and you want to just waste some time on the Vita, it's it's fun as a little time waster. Uh, it's 10 bucks. Uh, which, eh, I mean, that's it could have gone for a little bit less, I think. Um, yeah. I think it would have felt fair at a little bit lower price. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a farming simulator. <laughs> you have right. to go in with your eyes wide open <laughs> and understand what you're getting there. Interesting. So, uh, I think I give it like a 7.5. Okay. And it's okay. a decent game. You know, it's not... It's not bad. It's there's. It's just you know. It's repetitive. It's there's not a lot to it. Um, not super deep. You shouldn't expect anything like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's as a as a farming simulator on a Vita. It's, it's the best there is. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Good point. You should be marketing. <laughs> yeah. It's the oh, best boy. farming simulator you'll get on the Vita this month. <laughs> wow, I gotta have it. <laughs> uh, well, cool, cool. Interesting to to hear it. So, uh, nothing really new on PAX. If you are planning on going, like I said, go over to our forums at psnation.com, and uh, there's a whole section for PAX in there. Uh, if you want to meet up, you know, just put something in there. If you want to meet up with some other people, if you're looking for someone to share a room with, uh, anything. Uh, we've got a whole section set up for packs in the forums, and uh, feel free to use it. Um, boy, that's a little over a month away now. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. So, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, Octodad guys to commit to actually giving us some new information there, but they're not sure if they'll they'll be ready to uh, show anything yet or not. I don't know why. I, I mean, I've been hearing that name for quite a while now. Yeah. But when you said it just then, I guess it's the cadence and the way you said it. All I could think of was Octodad, Octodad, it's Octodad. Killed Have you heard their songs? It's just as funny. Yeah. Octodad, Octodad. Yeah. Well, she was trying to get us to sing the Octodad song on the video, and we were like, no, we're not doing that. So. <laughs> There's only so much, th- so many things we'll do for Shu. Uh, yeah, so, uh, like I said, trying to get some other plans for PAX. I'm trying to get, uh, it sounds like I might actually have some stuff for Puppeteer before PAX. So hmm. keep your eyes up for that. Um, yeah. So I just found that out on, uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, try to do some more stuff. Hopefully, uh, set maybe something up for GTA 6 or for, for some other stuff that's coming out. Uh, slowly and steadily working with PR on that. So... I'll let you know if I get any uh, new stuff. I'm surprised, like, emails haven't come out yet, but I, th- I bet you anything they were waiting until Comic-Con was done. So I, I assume I'll start getting emails about PAX next week started. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. 
But we are going to do that meetup. Uh, it looks like probably that Thursday night uh, before PAX uh, at the Tap House. So keep your eyes on the uh, forums if you're interested in that. But nothing formal. We're just going to show up, have a few beers, hang out, maybe have a few laughs. Uh, most likely at my expense. And, uh, you know, just have a good time. So that's enough of PAX for now. Although PAX Australia is like just going now, too. So, But I haven't heard too much from there. Except, um, oh, crap. Uh, Half Brick Studios just showed off a new game that looks pretty cool. It kind of looks like kind of that whole thing. Uh, oh, actually, it reminded me more of like Sim City on the SNES, where you've got the kaiju, the giant monsters, uh, like over the city. But it kind of looks like a game like that, where you're fighting these giant monsters that are are uh, taking out your city. But it's overhead perspective. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't know if the screenshot I showed was overhead and everything else isn't or what, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try to get a hold of Half Brick on Monday and see if I can get some info on that as well, because they're at PAX Australia right now. But I uh, have to see if our, our friends there will fill us in a little bit, because it looked interesting. Also, one other last thing before we get to emails. Uh, Sony just had their annual report come out. Uh, they just posted it, and there's actually an interesting little blurb in there. Uh, it says, for play- this is a quote from their annual report, for PlayStation Vita, we aim to secure sales and profit growth through various hardware sales initiatives and the release of compelling software titles. So, hey, they didn't forget about Vita. Well, it's, uh, sadly, it's just like the Wii U. I mean, the software sells the hardware. Yeah. And as horrible as as terrible as a position that the the Wii U is in right now the moment those big Nintendo titles come out the hardware is going to take off the moment yeah. Pikmin 3 hits and the next Mario Kart and the next Zelda game and the next Metroid game uh, the sales are going to jump big yeah. time so. Well, it's starting to look more and more like we're going to hear about a price drop, maybe at Gamescom next month. For the Wii U? or for the No, Vita? for the uh, Vita. Sorry. It should. I, it's, I agree. It, really it, it should drop before the PS4 drop. comes out. Yes. Yeah. Because at this point, they need to take a loss on the Vita to get people to buy it so that, that more people have it for the PS4. And because yeah. it's a great handheld. But uh, I, I think if they want that strategy to work with the interoperability with the PS4, they need to get them in people's hands. And that's the only way you're going to do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh crap. Oh, oh, what? I completely forgot. Uh, life's too short. That's oh yeah the the Warwick Davis show. Yes. Yeah. They did the series finale essentially. Okay. Brilliant. Damn it! I gotta f- find a way to wait. Is that on HBO? HBO Go. It should. Be. Yes. Yes, because yeah. I have HBO now. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, my gosh. It, it's beautiful because it's, I mean, in a way, it's similar to The Office. You know, you come back to him and he's a little more humble. He's realized what a pain in the ass he's been and what a dick he's been and how he's taken advantage of all these people. And and the whole thing is about uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, contacting him because Willow 2 is a go. <laughs> and it's freaking awesome. Willow 2 is a go. <laughs> the way the whole thing goes down, it's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta 
I, uh, the Showtime app doesn't load on my version of Android because they never updated it. Neither does the, the Cinemax one, so I have to use those on my laptop. HBO Go works on my on my tablet on my phone, but um, yeah. And I'm really happy. It, it, I didn't even plan this, but I didn't realize the newsroom was starting last week, and I just got HBO. So when I got home, uh, newsroom was on my TiVo. I'm like, oh, sweet, because <laughs> I really like <laughs> that show. So, yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have to watch that. <clears throat> All right, good yeah. to know. Because I've already, I've already been looking at uh, you know the, the, some of the other stuff that we always talk about. And actually, I did watch the latest episode of True Blood. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, of course, I don't know who all the characters are or anything, but you told me about Rucker Howard, and he showed right up like, <laughs> 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 But eh, I'm actually kind of interested, so I might have to start it from the beginning and check it out. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. All right. Let's get to these emails. What did you send? Uh, emails, emails. Hang on a second. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing a song. <clears throat> oh, oh, uh, we kind of missed this boat. Shit. I'll read the first one since it's, yeah, uh, go ahead. yeah. So this is from Matt. Uh, his PSN is Avrik, A-V-R-I-K-K. Uh, hey guys, it's my understanding that the that the PS4 has more PC-like hardware architecture relative to the PS3. Is this true? Yes. Uh, why did Sony use the PS3 architecture as opposed to a more PC-like architecture? Uh, well, let's just read the rest of these. Do you think the PS4 will run Bethesda games like Skyrim without the noted PS3 technical issues? All right. Uh, so, yes, it does have a lot more PC-like parts, but what Microsoft fails to uh, to admit in all of their uh, their their PR uh, quotes is the fact that Sony actually worked with AMD and it's not just off the park PC parts or off the shelf PC parts uh, the entire bus and the entire motherboard everything about it is still customized so it in terms of processor video processor and everything else the the main parts that go on the motherboard Yes, they're very PC-oriented. They're x86-based uh, processors, and, and they run an x86, actually, an x60, what is it now? It's an x86 code base, but it'll run in an x64 memory space. So you still get the entire memory bandwidth and everything else. So, But from a, a developer's perspective, yes, it's very PC-like. Um, when I was talking to the Octodad guys, they said that they got their entire game for Dadly's Catch, ported over to the ps4 in four weeks but that was them working on it part-time so they actually probably could have done it a lot sooner if they if you know eight hours a day working on it to get it running and i'm hearing that from a few other people as well so that's where they gain the benefits of of going with that that direction but it's not like they just took a pc and instead of in a big pc case it's in a playstation case it's not that at all it's still a customized uh there's actually great uh interview from Mark Cerny about a month and a half ago. I actually, I think it was about a month ago. It was, I think it came out right after E3 talking about them trying to get rid of the bottlenecks on the system. So instead of just throwing together a PC architecture where you're going to have a, uh, like a, a memory bandwidth limit because the bus only goes this speed and you have to make sure that the clock speeds for the memory and the RAM, uh, the memory and the CPU match up with that. And that's your bottleneck. Like you're only going to get so fast no matter what. So they actually custom designed the motherboard and uh, got rid of a lot of limitations. They've bypassed the cache in a lot of uh, situations, and and that's through not just how they do the hardware, but also the operating system as well. So it handles things a little bit differently. 
but when you're actually developing the game, you're using standard tools like C++, that sort of thing. And um, apparently there's even a converter, like if you create the game in DirectX 11 for the PC, it'll convert all that DirectX 11 stuff over for you pretty well. So it's not perfect. That's why it takes a few weeks to get the stuff ported from PC over to PS4, but it sounds like it's 10 times easier than it used to be. Um, why did Sony do the PS3 and the PS2 and the PS1 the way they did? That kind of explains it. Uh, PS1 back in the day was a very custom architecture. Uh, there was nothing like it out there. Uh, you know, everybody was using their own custom chips back in the day. So, uh, Sega notoriously used like a lot of Motorola chips back in the day. That's that sort of thing. But uh, that's how Sony got into the game, <laughs> for a manner of speaking. Uh, it was all custom built hardware. They're very good at hardware design. PS2 the same way. They had the Emotion Engine. They called it uh, custom video chip, custom processor, everything else, and that's just the way they always did it because they were so. F- they they always waited so much on the hardware side of things. So PS3, and, and they've proven that that actually could be a blessing with first-party games. I mean, you see per, first-party games like Uncharted 3 and everything else that they say time and time again the 360 can never do. But at the same time, you can't get any third-party developers to develop for the system very well because they don't want to take the time to learn it. So why did they do it? Could be arrogance, could be the fact that they're a hardware company and that's the way they like to do things. That's why I was so impressed when they when they announced the PS4 that they did what they did. They had an American lead the team instead of a, you know, this is a, a big Japanese company. And they had an American lead the team. That's that's a huge step forward for this company. And, you know, they went with an architecture that a lot of developers feel very comfortable with day one. That's a huge deal. But they've also built the system so that it's not just some PC and that there's actually a lot of power there that people can harness. So that's what's exciting about it. I don't know. Anything from you, Josh? <laughs> Who did what now? Who did what now? Who, huh? What? Uh, no, I mean, you pretty much covered uh, all of it at that yeah. point. But that's what they've always done. So yeah. that's why it was so surprising that they didn't do it for the PS4. But we were all ex- like really hoping that they didn't do it for the PS4 as well. It- well, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's going to be better in the long run for third party. Um, yes. And it's going to be better for the PS4 in general because third party will be up to speed much quicker. Uh, they'll be able to handle it better. And... You know, with the acquisition of Gaikai, uh, the yeah. whole backward compatibility thing, you know, might not be such a big issue because if they can do what they want to do and you have your entire, the entire, now this will obviously not include PSP unless they figure something out for that or Vita, but you could have conceivably your entire PlayStation library available to you from PS1 through the PS4 streaming uh, you know at least PS1, 2, and 3 streaming uh, through that Gaikai uh, network yeah uh, setup. Well but that's the thing they could theoretically do PSP and they could theoretically do Vita as well they uh, could. I don't see them doing Vita because they want to keep that a separate platform but I could see them possibly doing PSP in the future which would be bad ass it really would <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, 
if they go that route, you know, if they can get that working and they can find a way to do it, you know, there isn't really a way to verify, oh, you owned uh, Cool Borders 2 on the PS1. <laughs> um, but, you know, even if they do it as part of PlayStation Plus or a new tier on PlayStation Plus that you pay a little bit more and you have unlimited streaming of the library or whatever, you know, limited streaming of the library. Yeah. However, they could, you know, there's business models that need to be kind of figured out here, but uh, the possibilities are very exciting. So definitely. Yeah. I, man, I can't wait. I'm seeing some really cool stuff happening on the PS4 already. And uh, the Gaikai stuff opens up a lot of doors, a lot of doors if they do it right. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing is if they do it right. <laughs> yeah. Because that's one thing that Microsoft does have. They have a lot of infrastructure. They have a lot of stuff around the world. And they're definitely set up to do a lot of stuff on the cloud. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I think that might also be why... I mean, they may just not be ready for it, but I'm hoping that they're, they've said, you know, that stuff will be available in 2014. I'm hoping that they're pushing it back just so that they can get everything worked out so that when it comes out of the box and it's ready to go, it's actually ready to go. Yeah. And it's not one of those things where it comes out and everybody's like, oh, well, it keeps stuttering and it doesn't work and this, you know, meh, 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 meh. And just complaining about it because it's not quite ready yeah. for release. Uh, so I hope they just work on it a lot and just get it right so that when it does hit, everybody's just blown away by it, by how well it works and how easy it is and and how good it is. Well, and, and that's the kind of the scary thing about the PS4's launch is that they've already said the Gaikai stuff's really not going to start until 2014 sometime. Um, obviously it'd be nice if that was ready to go day one. Uh, but it does show a couple things and that is number one, they bought Gaikai specifically for this reason. That's great. Uh, but they're not rushing it. You know what I mean? Like they're not just going to throw it out there and it's not going to work. They're actually giving it some time to actually get it working. But at the same time, people are going to have this expectation when the PS4 comes out that you're going to be able to do all this stuff day one. And I have a feeling that Microsoft is going to have some really ham handed version of it running day one where you can, you know, you can, stream something or, or whatever else uh, because they're going to use their AppV te- technology that they own. Uh, I think it's going to be a mess on both systems. And they haven't really said, like, what we're going to get and what we're not going to get on PS4 day one. Like, are we still going to be able to download demos and start playing them right away? Or is the the Gaikai thing that we're waiting for going to be everything? Or is it just going to be streaming old titles or something like that? So that's what I'm really curious about still. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and then he goes on to say, also, I'll be in Milwaukee for Brewers game this Saturday. Damn it, I didn't see this. As part of me and my brother's quest to go to all of the MLB stadiums, because uh, he's from Oregon, uh, any advice on things to do? I am so sorry I missed this. Um, well, I mean, there's not really a lot right around Miller Park, but if you get the, you're not going to get this in time. He's going to be gone. Damn it. Sorry. Uh, I want to do that, too. Josh and I have actually talked about that, like going to a bunch of ballparks. Yeah. But I've if we're going to do the world tour next year, we won't have time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been to a couple in the past, which it's really exciting. It's fun to do. It is. Um, and then you and see total shitholes like Angel Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, my friends from college and I, we had had that plan that, all right, we've we've been to uh, a couple now, and we were going to do that like every summer or every other summer. We were going to hit at least one or two more. Um, but that just kind of fell by the wayside, so yeah. we haven't had a chance to do it. Maybe when we get a little bit older uh, and the kids are a little more grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait to take my kid to his first baseball game and all that. It's it's so much fun. Um, it is. And I was telling Glenn earlier this week that he actually finally started walking. At oh my home, god! Which was a huge thing because he Your was only walking over. in daycare, and it was only for one of the people. And if anybody else saw him. And he noticed he would immediately go down like I wasn't walking. What was going <laughs> no, on no. Here? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't me. No. Yeah. So your life uh, is over I now, Josh. Knows. Once he starts walking reliably, then he gets pushed up to the next class. Ah. Uh, and everybody keeps saying that, and and the one uh, the one person there who he walks for, she's like, he's not going anywhere. I still have stuff to teach him. <laughs> She's like, forget it. He's not. I'm not ready yet. So she doesn't want to let go of him. Um, nice. But it's cool. It's fun. He he loves being outside. He loves seeing all that new stuff. So I'm dying. I'm so excited to get him down the shore and take him on the boardwalk and give him cotton candy and get him on rides. And oh boy, his his mind is going to be blown by all the stuff that's down there. <laughs> it could be so cool. And then bring him to Wisconsin, and he can say, people live here? <laughs> yeah. But going to so. a ball game and all that stuff, I'm I'm excited for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I, I need to get to a Brewer game soon. I haven't been there for a while. Yeah, Miller Park is still one a, of the best stadiums ever. I haven't been to a baseball game in... Well, actually, that Angels game might have been the last one I went to, that angels wow. Yankees game that we were two at. two years ago, man. Yeah. Uh, I've been to I'm one Brewer game this time. year so far. I just I want to go to more, and I haven't really made it yet. Oh, well, actually, no. I, I went to a couple Phillies games, but not last season, not this season. <clears throat> so even that was at least two years ago. Hmm. Um, but that might have been the last one, like two years ago, where I had... Uh, I had tickets to like three or four games. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's been a while. And it's crazy because Yankee Stadium is not that far. The new Mets Stadium, I still haven't been to at all. Well, you have and, to take a second mortgage on your on your house to get to those stadiums. Yeah. Well, and the Philly Stadium is not that far. Baltimore is really not terribly far away. Um. And D.C., I still haven't been... Uh, that's the funny thing. I still haven't been to uh, Camden Yards. Wow. I went to school in Northern Virginia. We went to the old Baltimore Stadium a bunch of times. And then Camden Yards opened up when we were in school. And everybody was talking about how impossible it was to get a ticket. Yeah. Because, of course, that was the first one of these new stadiums, you know, that... Right. That gave the old timey feel to them. <laughs> so I never got a ticket. Uh we never went and I just never got around to it. 
And oh, okay. I mean, by the time I, I'm like, oh, I should go, they're probably going to be talking about ripping it down and building yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Well, I mean, I live two hours away from it, and I still haven't been to uh, the new Twin Stadium yet. Oh, wow. Field. Yeah. yeah, I just haven't made it up there because it just hasn't worked out. So, And I really want to go. It's a beautiful stadium. Absolutely yeah. stunning stadium. I did get to see uh, the Nationals in uh, RFK. Ah. Um, when they were there for the first couple of years. That because, had to suck. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, but it was built for baseball. Yeah. It was originally built as a baseball stadium. So when they put football in there, it was weird because it didn't quite fit properly. Right. Uh, and they had soccer in there. The the um, DC United played there right. uh, for years. Um, but... It was weird because when I was in college, they were talking about the expansion, you know, maybe we're going to expand and they're looking all over the place. And DC was one of the ones putting in a bid and they had configured the stadium back for baseball and they had the big sign up in the outfield that said, you know, it was built for baseball originally. So we have a baseball stadium good to go. We don't need to do anything. Um, But they still went with, uh, who did they go with? Was it Arizona and... Tampa Bay or something like that at the time. I don't remember anymore. I don't even remember at this point. But it was it was one of the one of the uh Florida teams. So Oh okay. It was very odd. Um But yeah, I, I haven't been to the new stadium in DC. Um there's a lot around here that I could get to that I just haven't had a chance to get to. Yeah. So yeah, me too. And I I don't even have a family to hold me back, so I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> oh wait, I keep going everywhere else. That's that's the problem. But where have you been? Which stadiums have you been to? Oh God. Um, well, we went to the Angels one. Uh, I've been to Seattle. I've been to um, old Seattle or new Seattle. Old Seattle. Okay. Wait. Yeah, old Seattle. I haven't been to the new one yet. Um, well, the Metrodome. Ugh. Um, obviously, Miller Park County Stadium. Uh, Wrigley, Fe- Wrigley Field a few times. Uh, the cell, the new cell. Uh, been to Atlanta. Been to uh, the old Jacobs Field, the old Cleveland one. Wait, was Atlanta the new one? Atlanta was the new one. It was right the year they built it for the uh, the Olympics. I was yeah. down there because uh, we went through and we stopped for a game. Okay. Um, been to the Astrodome. What a shithole. Uh, been to Coors Field because I had to go out there for work one year and uh, sat in the seats and I remember vividly like sitting in right field in pretty much there's like this this section of like hovering high above the bleachers in right field and I remember looking down and feeling like it's straight down like it it looked like you were going to fall about eight stories it was just crazy <laughs> um, but I had a really good time there. Coors Field's beautiful. Uh, I've been to uh, Arizona, the new one uh, that looks so much like Miller Park inside. And we looked it up the other day, and it's not the same firm because we I, we thought when we were there that it was the same firm that designed Miller Park because it was so similar inside. I mean, obviously not with the pool and everything, but just the layout. And it's not, so that was weird. Um, that might be it. Well, obviously, Coffin Stadium Royals. I mean, we used to skip. When I was in high school down there, we'd skip school and go. They used to have standing room only over in, I think, right field. And it was like five bucks to get in. So we'd skip school and go to an afternoon game all the time. Hmm. Uh, so Kaufman Field a lot. Yeah. That might that might be it. 
I think so. More than I've been to. Yeah. I mean, technically, I was in the new Atlanta stadium, but it was still the Olympics, so... Oh, yeah. No, I I was there... We were down there right before the Olympics were going to happen, like a few months before it was going to happen, and... uh, and then I went through again. So I, I went by and we saw it and everything. And I'm like, God, I, I want to go see a game there. And we went through a year later. I think a friend of mine was living in Florida or something. And I went down and we stopped for a game after the Olympics because then it became the, the baseball stadium for the, yeah. for the Braves. Yeah. And um, uh, I remember it was just kind of a sunny, a funny side note when we were down there and they were getting ready for the Olympics in town uh, because my friend's fiance worked at Coca-Cola, obviously, you know, huge complex down mm. there. And he was telling us that like all the cops and everything were like rounding up all the homeless people and running them out of town because the Olympics were coming. It Makes was just sense. weird, like how they were talking about it. And, uh, you would drive around the city cause we were down in Atlanta for like a day and a half before we headed down to Florida, uh, down to Orla- Orlando. And we would like see this, like we would see them picking up people and putting them in a van. It wasn't like a cop van. It was just like this, like bus. And they were basically running them out to the edge of town. <laughs> It was weird. So, yeah, that, that's a, a something in my head that I'll never forget. Just uh, and going, I think it was called Bucktown or Buckhead or something like that. Buckhead, yeah. Buckhead, yeah. And we ate at the the five and ten or something like that, or the nickel and dime or the dime. I don't remember. That was years ago. But well, uh, at the stadium uh, on the way in, if you had anything but Coke products, oh. they took it away from you. Oh, jeez. If you had Pepsi products in your hand, they'd take it away from you. But Coke, they didn't care. They'd let you yeah, right in. Because, yeah. I mean, this is Coke's backyard. This is well, yeah. this is where they are. I mean, you go to the and, underground and they have that whole, the tour there. And, I mean, it's yeah. all Coke, Coke, Coke everywhere you go in Atlanta. Yeah. that's They could not have that on TV at the Olympics. They wouldn't <laughs> let anything be seen but Coke products. <laughs> they were very adamant about that. It was crazy. You know, it, it's funny, too. uh when I was at Coors Field, and I don't know why I get on these these jags every now and then, but because I understand it. I mean, any stadium you go to, football, baseball, whatever, you're going to pay a shitload for food and drinks and everything else because apparently that's how they make all their money. All right. But we were at Coors Field. There's a Coors Brewery at Coors Field, and you're still paying $7 a beer. <laughs> of course. It's not like it's transportation costs. I mean, they I think they pipe it up right from the brewery. Mm-hmm. And I just got on this big jag about it. I'm like, what? Wait a second. Come on. The brewery's right here. I go to breweries, I get a free taste. What the hell's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just couldn't get past it. But it is yeah. a beautiful stand. Actually, I hope it's still there. I would like to go back to Denver someday because um, there was a bar. There's a bunch of bars across the street from Coors, Coors Stadium because it's kind of right downtown and they revitalized the whole downtown. And I yeah. think I was there. I want to say I was there in around 99, 2000, 2000. Eh, probably. 99 or 2000 and there was a bar across the street really fun place and you could actually go up on the rooftop and sit up there and you know drink up there and everything it was right across the street from the field like at home plate so it was right at the entrance Mm -hmm. you could see everybody walking in and everything it was really really cool uh so i had a really good time at that game i like that stadium well i i was outside that stadium because like a block away up right at that home plate corner um, sort of on the third base side, you go a block away from that uh, into the city. Yeah. And a friend of mine had 
was living out there, but his best friends were right there. They had oh nice uh, this loft space on the top floor, and then you do, we went up on the roof. It was New Year's Eve. And we're up on the roof, and we're looking at the city, and the snow's coming down, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Coors Field right there. And <laughs> the next day, we went out and walked over to it, because I just wanted to see it. But of course, it's, I mean, it's January 1st. Nothing's yeah. going on there. <laughs> well, um, that's what burns me every time I go to San outside. Francisco. It is. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous stadium. And um, it, it reminded me about every time I go to San Francisco, I'm always there, not in the baseball season. So I drive by AT&T mm. Park every time, and I never get to go to a game. Yeah, I did get to go. Oh, you bastard. Oh, yeah. Lou and I went, and I love that place. It is. It's it's gorgeous. It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's one of the nicest stadiums in the league. Yeah. Yeah. It's got great views and everything. It's it's a really cool setup. I was just blown away by, like, the the first baseline, how low everything is. Um, Because I'm used to, you know, high rows, uh, higher sections and rows of seating and everything and you look down the first baseline and right there by essentially the fence um the right field fence there's like there's so few seats out there it's yeah crazy. yeah it's just the way the place is built but it's it's really kind of cool yeah they, um, they did a nice job shoehorning that stadium into the spot in the space they, they did had. they really did because it's it's seriously it's right on the street like you drive right it's almost like wrigley where it's just on a city block, essentially. It's just a really big city block. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's because uh, when we went to GDC, we drove by it every day to get to uh, over to the W and park over in that area the, by the Moscone Center and everything. So I got to mm-hmm. see it quite a bit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to a game there. It's a cool place. And between that and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's new stadium is just gorgeous. Yeah. And Damn it. We did the tour there and everything. Now oh. I want to go to all these. Damn it. Yeah. See, Pittsburgh was cool because we stayed at the hotel, like when you when they show that view looking across the water, and right across the bridge there, um, on the left-hand side, there's, a, there's this building with this huge arch, and that was the hotel we were staying in. Oh, cool. Um, so we were able to just walk right across the bridge, and we're at the game, but we were there for a couple of days, and... You know, got to see downtown Pittsburgh. We walked over to the football stadium, which looks great from the outside and everything. Oh, um, cool. It was really nice. And so, that's probably between San Francisco and, and Pittsburgh. Those are two of my favorites in the league right now. They're just gorgeous stadiums. So what we're saying is people need to buy more stuff on the Amazon link so that J- Josh and I can do a tour of all the stadiums next year for MLB 14 to show. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do a cross promotion with the San Diego Studios on that. <laughs> Actually, yeah, they'll, they'll pay us to go take pictures of every sure. single stadium in the league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Enough, enough of that tangent stuff. Did I even yeah, load that? I did load talked about baseball stadiums for an hour. Yeah, and it's well, you know, second half of the season's just starting. So, and my Brewers are just in the toilet and have no chance of of, of getting out of it. So, I have to try to think of some things to, to talk about baseball wise it'll make me happy yeah the phillies they're they're limping along like they they give you that hope like well they could still make it but i don't know just making it one of those things where <laughs> do we keep the guys do we sell the guys off do we yeah. what are we going to do at this point because nobody knows that they just 
<laughs> don't know if they have enough to make that push and at least make the wild card spot or not. Yeah, I'm not even. Nobody in Milwaukee, nobody in Wisconsin expects anything from the Brewers this year. Everybody's hurt and. Uh, yeah. Well, what's cool is Pittsburgh finally, I mean, they look like they're built to make it this year. In the past couple of years, they've been in the same position and collapsed, but they actually have a really good bullpen this year. Right. Uh, and they might be able to pull it off and make the playoffs, which would be cool because and back in the 70s, Pittsburgh was a powerhouse and they've just been terrible ever since. Yep. So it'll be cool. I like, like they're the underdog, you know, they're the small market team that's never going to get or keep those big name players because they just can't afford them. Uh, but they've, they've been drafting really smartly and, and making really smart trades and they're in a position where they should make the playoffs this year, which would be really cool. Oh, now you jinxed them. <laughs> nah, because you know what? It's, um, they're in the same uh, division as St. Louis, aren't they? I th- you, yeah, yes, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, fuck St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it's really funny. Like, we, I should hate St. Louis. Yeah, I should hate them because, you know, I was in Kansas City when, when the Royals played St. Louis on the I-80 uh, or the I-70 uh, I-70 series, and, and, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals won that one. And there's always this big rivalry with the Brewers and the Cardinals. But any time I've gone to a Car- uh, Brewers game where the Cardinals are playing down at Miller Park, it's always been a blast. Like, the St. Louis fans are, on average, always awesome to, pl- to watch a game with. We've had such a great time with them. Whereas you get, like, Chicago Cubs fans, and they're just jags. <laughs> well... The, yeah, the team hasn't won anything in what but, but, 100 and but they how can't, many years? They can't win the World Series. I'm going to play a clip. I, I, there's an exact clip <laughs> I'm playing at the end of the show about this, but they can't win the World Series. They'll lose their mystique. At that point, they're just another baseball team. Well, yeah, and that was the thing with Boston. You know, they the futility of Boston, yeah. and then well, the curse. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, when I worked at when I worked in Illinois, I, I went to a lot of uh, games at Wrigley Field with like coworkers. We'd do like little company trips and everything. And I don't know how many times I wanted to scream at the fans when that was when Sosa was. I think I told that story once where Mark Grace was having like a four for four game. It was just awesome, and he and he hit after Sosa. Sosa went over. Missed the cutoff man like four or five times. Was swinging at everything. Was playing like absolute crap, like he always did. And this guy and his kid were in front of me, and, the, and Sosa struck out his last up, like in the eighth inning. And Grace was coming up, and the dad actually said to his kid, "Well, might as well leave. Sosa's not going to hit again." I just went ballistic. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Grace is having the game of his life right now. He's having a great game, and you're going to leave because Sammy's not going to hit a home run? Really? That's what you're teaching your kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll never understand leaving a game early. Me neither. A game. Yeah, I I stay at all the all the Packer games. I stay at the Brewer games. I don't leave games early. I just well, I can't. I mean, uh, <clears throat> throwing Pittsburgh back in there. The, yeah. Uh, the Pirates were playing the Phillies in the eighties or nineties. I forget when it was. Uh, and the Phillies went up something, or the Pirates went up something like thirteen nothing in the first inning. And the 
TV guy said, if the Pirates lose this game, I'm walking back to Pittsburgh. Well, <laughs> they lost. Get your tennis shoes. <laughs> yep. And he came back to Philly like um, a couple months later when they had, you know, a couple days off or something. Yeah. And he walked all the way back to Pittsburgh. He did it for charity. He nice. turned it into a whole thing. And But yeah, he's like... <sighs> Never again. He's like, I'm never saying anything like that again. I'm That's just awesome. gonna let the game unfold as it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so where are we? Email two, <laughs> <laughs> two four. Here we go. Jeez. All right. Uh, this one is from Rue, uh, and uh, this isn't anything like. Any question or anything, but okay. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, hey, guys, I'm a relatively new listener. Started listening to the podcast this year. Great stuff. We're sorry. Uh, way more informative and insightful and mature <laughs> than that Beyond podcast. Well, <laughs> thank you. It's opinions. Everybody's got their own opinions. I, I can't believe that anybody uh, would call us mature, though. I know. <laughs> so that either that either means that... Uh, the IGM podcast is really immature, and we're just mature by c- comparison, or he's just saying mature because we're old dudes. I think that's what it is. He's that's talking golden girls mature. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just remember, you're B. Arthur. Yeah, no. I want to yeah. be uh, whichever one was getting some all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're not, though. You're married. That's true. Uh, no, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, all right. So I'm the guy who ordered the expensive shave stuff a few weeks ago. Nice. Nice. Uh, anyway, thanks for getting me into Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Nice. That shit is hysterical and a great find. Thanks again. Nice. Cool. See, that's what I like. I like that people are, are finding these cool things because they heard it here, you know? Yeah. And I hope we get more of that. I hope people get into Lego Legends of Chima because it's a really good Lego game. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm glad that uh, somebody else has picked up on that and is enjoying Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Nice. All right. Email number three. Uh, this is from Scott Coons. Uh, this one's interesting. He goes by... Oh man, Rees three oh six oh so R E S E three zero six zero. So spam them. Uh, <laughs> first time emailer, I just thought I would let you guys know what happened to me because I have not heard any podcast talk about this issue. I had my home broken into and all of my hard copies of PS3, Xbox, 3DS, PSP games stolen, along with the corresponding systems. That fucking sucks. Uh, based on this, I have decided to buy digital copies of games going forward due to the fact that that a digital copy can't really be stolen since they are tied to your account. Just wondering if you guys choose hard copies or digital copies of your games. Well, since people know where I live and they might listen to this podcast, I just do nothing but digital copies, even of uh, all the Atari 2600 <laughs> games now. I, I've, yeah. I think if you listen to the podcast even a couple of years ago when Josh started, he and I have always been really staunch about... I'd rather have it as a physical copy. Yeah. I've lightened up on that a little bit, but I still personally have not bought any, like Bioshock Infinite, I didn't buy a digital. I bought it uh, physical. 
So I'm still probably that old school I needed in my hand. But I have bought a lot of digital games. Yeah, me too. I I haven't bought any game. Like, if it was available on disc, I didn't go and buy it on the PSN. Um, I, I got the disc, and maybe if it went on sale, like Sorcery at five bucks, um, which I haven't picked up yet, but a lot of those things that were super cheap, I did pick up just to have the digital copy. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting point that he makes, you know, that they can't is. really be stolen at that point. <clears throat> but, you know, it's that's a facet it's that's a that's just a sort of another look at that that side of the argument that really yeah. hadn't been thought about um there's always that concern that i have that you know your hard drive crashes and they've turned off the servers and now it's all gone and you can't play any of it right um, there's also the fact that I just I like having those physical copies because if those servers ever get turned off, I know I can just put the disc in and play it. Yeah, uh, I can do that with all my old games, and that was my biggest fear with the Xbox One. You know, they uh-huh. said, "Well, you can't play the game unless it checks in." Well, when you turn off that check-in system in seven, eight, nine, ten years because you moved on to a next Xbox. Well, then what happens? Yeah. Nobody yeah. can ever play a game on the Xbox One again. It's just impossible. Yeah. I mean, they would probably shut off that system at that point, you know, like they've just shown they can do. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those things. I, 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 We're older, you know, and we're used to having those physical copies. And... We like having those physical copies. I mean, that's what MGC is all about, is about those old games. And just having that physical copy in your hands. Because you know what? You can get that. You can get that old Atari game. You can get that old ColecoVision game. Yeah. Uh, You can get even a PS2 game. And as long as you have the system, you can just throw it in and play it. Which is no funny because about anything. I just found another used game placed on a Madison. <laughs> so I went uh, oh. a couple days ago. I went in and I think it's the same company as the one over by my buddy Paul's house. But they had a ton of Super Nintendo games I want. I think they have six that I want. Hmm. So I wanted to start doing game school and everything anyway. So I'm bringing my Super Nintendo and the capture equipment with me this week. Super and Nintendo Chalmers? Super <laughs> Super Nintendo Chalmers! Uh, if if the internet is good enough at the, at the new motel I'm staying at, uh, I think I might do a game school because they had a couple of games that were actually kind of hard to find. I didn't pick them up yet. I'm going to go get them because there's, there's not going to be a run on Super Nintendo games all of a sudden, uh, except for the people listening to this from Madison that are now going to buy them and sell them to me for double the price. But uh, I found a couple of my favorite old games that I, I forgot about, like Top Gear, uh, which is a fantastic racing game for the SNES, and uh, a couple of baseball games, baseball, Super Baseball Simulator 1000 and uh, another baseball game as well. So it's funny when we talk about that because I'm always scouring all these, all these stores, and, and there's just something about that, for me at least, I think for some of us older gamers that... It's you know it's like going to the comic store. It's like going to the movie store. It's like going to the music store. Like especially if you start collecting records. Like a lot of my friends have gotten to that point now where they're collecting records again, and they've been going to music stores and just trying to find that one thing that you're looking for and uh, that that you paint over a list on on 
on a spreadsheet that you load onto your phone so you always have that list with you at all times just in case you get somewhere that has games. Oh, do they have something I need? That's um, my list. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I have this extensive thing on uh, on my Google Drive, a, a spreadsheet that I pull up on my phone and I can look through it and see what I want. And I actually have prices next to it to say, like, this is the average price for it and all kinds. I've spent hours on that. But the thing is, like he says, you know, if somebody breaks in your house and steals all your shit, that's going to be a lot tougher to, to replace, especially some of the real rare stuff that I have, you know? So that bites. That's also why I have a really big safe. If they want to try to steal that safe, more luck to them. <laughs> it's, like four, it's like 450 pounds. <laughs> so, oh, man, that bites, though. That, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Also, you, you mentioned the, uh, the Xbox One. I don't know if you saw this, but I've been seeing this in more uh, press releases lately. And now when when people are like uh, uh, sending out press releases and they mention the Xbox one, it's got this huge, like this huge thing at the end of it. Now I'm trying to find it. And one of the, I know which PR one had it, but it was like uh, the next generation, all in one system from, from Microsoft. Instead of just saying the, the Xbox one from Microsoft, it's got this huge tagline on the end of it. Now hmm. Ugh, F you. Oh yeah. Uh, brand new title on development for Xbox one, the all in one games and entertainment system from Microsoft. They just can't say, oh, from my from PlayStation. Yeah. No. Anyway, sorry. I, we just noticed that the other day. So anyway, number four, is that that's yours. I just read. Did you just what? read? I thought I just read that. Did I? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I read it because it's about the stolen stuff, and I said that's fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. Huh. Yeah. All right. So number four is from Ray Luca. Hi, Ray Luca. He says, great podcast listener since the days with Sega Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Poor, poor man. Happy to support the Amazon link program. Yay. Sweet. I'm so glad you have included Spaniard Amazon store link. (laughs) That's right, buddy. Wait, did anybody buy anything on the Spanish one? I didn't check. You read, I'll look. Okay. I am interested in purchasing a Regent B Blu-ray of The Walking Dead, which has Castellano and English dubbed audio in it. Will it play on my PS3, PS4? No. Uh, set to... I think something got deleted here. Set to Panasonic Blu-ray player. Uh. Um, I think set to something uh, or my Panasonic Blu-ray player. Not sure. Yeah. Um, thanks, Glenn Torgo from Caesar, Ray Luca PSN, in 78 degree El Segundo, California. Because <laughs> it's been so answer brutally hot this week. Yeah, answer my email and I'll drink an ice cold Corona for you and Josh. Mariachi yeah. in the background. Corona? I wouldn't do that to somebody. Yes, you would. <laughs> uh, if it's. No, if you have a Region 1 player region two won't work on it it's just region one covers so much well region a <clears throat> oh yeah 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 sorry i'm trying to log on to our our spanish uh amazon thing because i have actually i haven't checked this one this is like one of the few ones i haven't checked all right let's see here uh nobody has ordered anything on that one so i don't know what he's talking about 
Hmm. Well, he says he <clears throat> wants to. Oh, we've had 34 clicks. He said he's interested in purchasing. Ah. So that's the question. Mm, I mean, I I don't know. I, if it's different regions, it won't work. Yeah, I don't know that you can... Like on the Panasonic Blu-ray player, you might be able to change it. Uh, I don't think they do that anymore. The PS3, I don't think you can. No, you can't change the region. But I mean, the, the Blu-ray has a wider region than uh, than DVD ever did. That's the whole thing about it. Well, yeah, but, but at the same point, like the disc is B, then no, it's not going to work. The the big thing with uh, the region A was that North America is also part of Japan. Right. Which was the big, big thing, because all these people in North America were, were screaming about DVDs, that they wanted to import all this anime, and none of it worked, and blah, blah, blah. So they were pirating it, and they said, okay, enough of that. Here, Japan and America, play together. Have fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Where it's really region-free is with games. That's where it's region-free. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, UK going strong. See, now you got me yeah. in this jag where I'm looking at all the stores. Oh, jeez. Damn it. All right. I'll sign out. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I've, uh, I would assume it's not going to work now. Final answer. All right, then. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, let's see here. Mariachi in the background. That would, be, that would rule. So it would sound something like this. I mean, this is a long time. I just wanted to hear it. Sing along, Ray. We know you are. Okay, I just had to hear that. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> All right, are we done with the emails? All done? Yes. Nice. All right, well, uh, next week, who knows what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I don't even know what... I have no idea what's going to be on my plate. Probably, st- We'll probably talk about Stealth Inc. And uh, Josh will tell us about something about Down the Shore, so people can drink a shot. Down the Shore? Why? Oh, because I'm going down the shore? Uh... <laughs> uh, all right. Drink! Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to talk about again because it's so many days off now. Uh, but keep your eyes on Twitter and everything because, like I said, if I can get everything to work down in uh, Madison, I might do the game school thing like Wednesday night or something. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess that's it. So if you want to email us, you can email us at podcast at psnation.org uh, or you can leave us a voicemail at uh, wdt-torgo on Skype. Uh, we're going to try to get that phone number fixed this week, too. Maybe we'll do that after we're done today. Uh, if you can look for us on the Facebook group, go over to uh, Facebook and type in PS and then Space Nation uh, up in the search, and you can find us there. Join up with the group. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Stitcher. If you use Stitcher to, to stream any of your podcasts, we're over in the video game section there. You can find us both on Twitter, at PJFJosh and at PS3Nation. And I think, are we at 11,000 now? Let me look. 10,990 followers. So 10 more and we'll have 11,000. Where'd that come from? 
Uh, you can look for us over on the Retroids podcast network at retroids.com. And don't forget our website, which if you haven't looked for a while, you might want to because we've been putting a ton of reviews and, and articles up, including that uh, visit that the first MJC and myself did with the, uh, the Octodad guys last week. Uh, you can find that at psnation.com. Don't forget our merch store where I have put up, and I was hoping I'd have it by now, but it hasn't shown up yet. Uh, I put up a new Samsung Galaxy S4 case, uh, PS Nation badged, and you can customize it. So you can put your name on it. You can put whatever you want on it. That can be found over at Zazzle.com slash PS Nation. Sweet. Apple logo. Here I come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have to pay like $50 for that because it's all copyrighted and shit because it's Apple. But keep your eyes on Twitter and everything because they've been sending more coupon codes lately. And, uh, you know, there was a 40% off shirts one the other day. Uh, there was a 20% off everything the other day that I put on Twitter. So if you're interested, keep your eyes out for that stuff. But everything we have on the store is customizable, so you can put whatever you want on it. So if you want to put a big circle with a line through it over my face, go for it. Perfectly fine with that. And uh, also our friends over to audible.com. You can sign up for the free trial at audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. Sign up for the free trial. You get to choose from over 100,000 audiobooks. There is an actual player for the Android now and for Windows Phone and for iPhone and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but if you decide you don't want to stick with it, you don't really like the service or whatever, you can quit. You get to keep one of the books. So that first book you choose, you get to keep. And it's not going to cost you nothing, and it still helps helps us out. So it's pretty badass. Uh, don't forget, it is written. Who gives us our music that we use at the beginning of the show? They can you can find their album over on iTunes at and at CD Baby. Uh, I think that might be it. By the way, they just announced a Comic Con. Zack Snyder directing uh, the next Superman movie, and Batman's going to be in it as well, coming out in 2015. I uh, and uh, oh no, uh, apparently it's uh, based on Frank Miller's uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Holy fuck. Because <laughs> the animated ones are so good. I can't wait to see live action. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Shut your whore mouth. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, you have fun. Where are you going again, Josh? Huh? Where? Nowhere. I thought you were taking a trip tomorrow. No. Oh. You're just going to leave those people sober. All right. Well, we will talk Down to you. Sure. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Drink. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Get out there, play some games. We'll talk to you soon. Boys and girls, Mr. Cub, <laughs> Steve Zabin. Good morning, Steven. Good morning, boys. Hey. How's everything on the north side today? The far north side, the very yeah. north side. So north side, it's the south Listen, side of something else. Go ahead and introduce your uh, your special guest this morning, Steve. Oh, it would be none, none other than your good friend and my good friend and a damn fine baseball writer, Drew Olson. Morning, Drew. Nice North to have you here. Morning, boys. Good Jerk morning, Olson. Steve. Well, look, Cub Drew fans, like I do horn- not want you to feel sad today. I want you to rejoice and embrace the fact that you maintained something precious last night. You maintained who you are, your identity, your raison d'etre as Cub fans. You are losers. Okay? You may talk about a curse. You may talk about all this other stuff. But the bottom line is you and your team were born to lose. And to lose in spectacular fashion. And by golly, you did it again last night. 
And I got to say, Bob, I wanted to call you late last night. I know you were already in bed, though. I was up for the whole thing. I stayed up, oh, for, I stayed up for all the post-game and everything, Steve. Oh. I watched it all. You know what was so precious about last night? Shot to shot of of Cub fans dabbing their eyes. Yeah. The oh. woman in the fuzzy Looking white glove. hat. The woman in the Oh, boy. Dabbing her eyes. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry that, that this is going to sound very uh, uh, mean and heartless, but... She'll go to her grave without a World Series. I can guarantee that. <laughs> she was up there This thing's going to outlast Ron Santo. God bless him. I feel very sad about it, but it's going to outlast him. This thing outlasted Harry Carey, who went to the grave without one. This thing outlasts everybody, okay, people? Do you not understand that? This is who you are. Do not run from it. Do not mourn the fact. Embrace it. And then you will find inner peace. Where's Dave the Black Guy's email, Brian? Explain to Steve what... Uh, what, what he's our black <laughs> listener. He just signs everything Dave the Black Guy. Only well, today he signed it Dave the Cubs fan. Yeah, he's a Cubs oh. fan. But here, just listen to this. He puts it pretty well. <clears throat> Let's see. Where, where the vessel begin? part. The vessel about Steve Bartman. Anyway, it's a roller coaster ride where all the Cubs fans know how, to, uh, how the ride is going to an a- uh, end. It always comes to a screeching halt. It wasn't the fans' fault they lost. This poor man was just the vessel that fate had chosen to use to visit its latest and most outrageous hurt on Cubs fans. He was a cosmic pawn. Had he not done it, someone else would have. It was destiny. (laughs) Had it not been him, it would have been an umpire. It was the starter's pistol shot for all the furies of the sports gods to come riding into Wrigley on their steeds of vengeance. Steeds of vengeance. (laughs) Gonzalez bobble. Prior Farnsworth, it doesn't matter. They were meant to lose. They yeah. never had a chance. They did. That's true. That's and this is from said. a Cub fan. Three one, three nothing in the eighth inning. Five outs to go, and they never had a chance. Yeah, they never had a my prayer. ass. <laughs> They'll never have a better chance. Yeah, exactly. See, here's the. I I, I went back and I I made some notes about how we should have seen this coming. I mean, I saw it coming late. When I started telling you guys on Monday, something doesn't smell right, and I was mentioning all the, the indicators of the uh, assumed victory just because they were up three games to one at the time. and Destiny going back. on hold, all the stuff yeah, ESPN was yeah. doing. All that stuff. I caught it late, but I went back earlier. I said, you know what? They've been sticking their thumb in the eye of the gods for a long time, and we should have noticed this. Let's go back to late 2002. When the Cubs decide, well, we got a good idea. Let's sue the people who are having fans watch the games from rooftops. The Cubs CEO saying that what they were engaging in was copyright infringement because the game is copyrighted, so you're only allowed to watch if you pay for a license. Uh, The Cubs brass said, quote, it's unfair for the operators to make millions of dollars a year in these apartments without giving something back to the team. Yeah. Yeah. You're missing one part of that story. It gets worse. Go back a little further. In order to screw those rooftop proprietors, (laughs) they they erect phony phony windscreens to block their view under the guise of 9-11 security. Exactly. The terrorists, because we have to secure our our bleachers. Right. The, the, The Cubs and the Tribune Company were willing to disfigure their own gem of a ballpark to put grotesque windscreens up just so they could try to stick it to a couple hundred people that are watching the games from afar. I mean, the view from those those apartments, I've never been in one, but I've seen the shot from TV. It's not a money view. It's an atmospheric (laughs) thing, okay? And it adds to the ambiance of the park. 
Exactly. Anyway, we it's, go on. If those were, uh, if we, those were uh, like good seats, new ballparks would be built <laughs> with, with that sort of thing. <laughs> You know, Whoa. that sort of accoutrement. Sure. You know? they stole, the, the monster now has seats atop it, and those are actually really good seats. Uh, well, you yeah. know, out, outside the, uh, the uh, Miller Park and, and the big window in the outfit, <laughs> yeah, there'd be a with the roof closed and be then hard like to a see. fake street and then a bunch <laughs> of building like, kind of like TV set kind of <laughs> buildings. We, uh, we fast forward to, uh, I believe, April of this year, in which the Cubs again decide, hmm, how can we ratchet up? being complete a-holes, and they decide, I got an idea. Let's charge little Johnny and Susie $6 to (laughs) stroll onto Waveland or Sheffield during the game, a plan that I believe Drew was quickly abandoned when people got wind of it and said, are you crazy? This is not Stalinist Russia. You can't charge people for standing on a public street. Yeah, let's do uh, hmm, Michigan Avenue. If you want to walk between, uh, you know, <laughs> right. Water Tower Place and the Marriott between five and ten p.m., you got to pay us. You can do it. It's a free country. You can do no. it. It's going to cost you six clams. May first, two thousand and three. This story comes to light. The Cubs' practice of creative accounting, allowing them to scalp their own tickets their to own fans tickets. for as high as thirty-three times face value, apparently is going to translate into a bookkeeping trick that cheats all other baseball teams out of their fair share of Cubs ticket revenues. You know, said a high-ranking official from one team, after hearing the details, Major League Baseball is going to be very interested in this. So you see the pattern. Poke, 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 (laughs) jabbing in the eye of the gods. June 3rd, Sammy Sosa, first inning against the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, goes to bat. Bat splinters, it's chock full of wine stoppers. He'd come into the game two for 15 in his three games prior to coming off the DL. Had a five-strikeout game against Houston. After being caught red-handed, what does he say? Hey, you know what? I got caught. No, he says, oh, that was my BP bat, which for some reason has cork, yet didn't explain why he would cork a BP bat. Uh, even though it, by the way, was a different color than his usual stick, Sammy got an eight-game suspension, then, of course, promptly complained that it was too much, then conveniently filed his appeal the Friday before a three-game interleague set against who? The Yankees. The Yankees, you know, that World Series matchup that was supposed to be, <laughs> but didn't happen. July 5th on Saturday in another pregame talk with reporters, Dusty Baker, in a moment of foot-in-mouth syndrome, said, we're brought over here for the heat. Isn't that history? Your skin color is more conducive to heat than it is to lighter-skinned people. I don't see brothers running around burnt, unquote. You know what, Dusty? I don't see Cubs running around in the World Series either. <laughs> Baker makes no apology. Then we fast-forward to the NLCS. Up 3-1 of the series, having hammered the Marlins 8-3. Sammy Sosa, quote, We're trying to do our job so we don't have to hear about 95 years of being a loser. Now when you hear about the Cubs, they'll hear about something else. Unquote. Following game four. Wrong, Sammy. You're right on one front. They'll hear about something else. Oh, it's something else. But you're not going to believe it. (laughs) Then they walk out to game five. Stunned, by the way, Drew, that they actually have to play the game the field had been raked the chalked lines and put put out instead of a victory podium for the cubbies they said whoa whoa what is this marlins go out and two hit them behind josh beckett who buzzed and irritated sammy sosa like hey are you throwing at me don't you know we're going to the world series <laughs> quick blurb in the espn.com write-up and i quote the Cubs had already made arrangements with the Marlins to use champagne chilling in the Florida clubhouse for a celebration, if necessary. 
it wasn't. ESPN that <laughs> night, Linda Cohn teasing SportsCenter, saying things like, and I remember it distinctly, quote, destiny delayed for the Cubbies. Stuart Scott, the Cubs will have to wait at least one more day to erase their long World Series drought. Oh, no. Headline in the Chicago Sun-Times. Ron Santo says he'll join World Series broadcast. Subhead, Cubs announcer, guarantees yep. NLCS oh, that was. I think that was the, the clincher right there when Santo well, guaranteed. Fast forward to game six before the, before the game itself in the Chicago papers. Several stories about local merchants ready to make a killing on pre-ordered bundles of Cubs merchandise, hats, t-shirts, and tchotchkes as far as the eye can see. <laughs> then the game comes and the seventh inning stretch and who Bernie gets up to Mac. sing the song Bernie freaking Mac, a born and bred White Sox fan who no doubt played Mr. A Brewer and Mr. 3000. So you've got bracketed by both sides of karmic juju, the enemies <laughs> of the state being represented in one Bernie Mac. And if that weren't enough, he decides to freelance and to riff with the song itself so that when he says root, root, root for the home team, he shouts champs, champs, champs. Do you see the poke, poke, poke into the eye of the gods? <laughs> the trophy was in the Cubs locker room that night. The plastic had been put up in the stalls. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> and then finally the gods had had enough. And then, and then the fan. Oh, the fan. A guy who teaches, of all things, Little League baseball. Someone who presumably preaches the kids, hey, fellas, let's play heads-up ball. Pay attention to how many outs there are. Where are the runners? What are you doing on this play? Suddenly, this guy becomes like any Joe Beergut and makes a pathetic lunge for a foul ball that was destined for the glove of Moises Alou and out number two. Guess what? He didn't even make the catch. Irony? I'll give you irony. How about the fact that he did it with a ticket that was owned by the Tribune Company? Hmm. The Tribune Company, who's oh. been trying to screw over Cub fans with bogus security windscreens, lawsuits of copyright infringement, fleeting dreams of hitting up little Johnny and Susie for walking down Waveland. In other words, the same penny pinchers who are desperately trying to smash any and all remaining charm from one of the best things in baseball, Wrigley Field. Oh, it was their ticket that put that guy at that spot at that very moment. How else do you explain if you don't believe in the bad karma and the floodgates of hell and the and what did the guy call it the the starter's pistol for the Dave, stallions of of Dave revenge the steeds of vengeance steeds of vengeance <laughs> how else do you how else do you explain that as not being the 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 hiccup in the time space continuum that unleashed all of this if Alex Gonzalez, who had made nine errors all year, drops a waist-high lollipop double play ball that would have ended the inning. And then the hits came. Oh, oh, did they come like a biblical deluge. The book of Job was written. The Cubs and their fans, oh, they would suffer. Not since they the Egyptians no were caught in the sea. How <laughs> they <laughs> would suffer. You got, you got to add one to that inning, to that eighth inning. Yeah. After uh, Gonzalez boots the ball. Yeah. It, completely unreported by us, and just too much was happening. Yeah. Sammy Sosa yeah, missed, missed the cutoff. cutoff man. They would have got the guy at second. And they, oh. had, had he hit the cutoff man, they would have been out of the inning down 4-3 because they would have got an out at second base. Instead, right. the guy moved up. 
bang, bang. Steve hit, Lyons hit, pointed that hit, out last hit. night. And you know what? That's little tiny things in oh, baseball, no. Drew, that add up over the course of 162 games. In October, from February it's to October, exactly. These mm-hmm. are little things. Yep. Little things that a Little League baseball coach ought to know, such as I'm in the front row, not the <laughs> fifth row. Foul balls can be caught. Heads up. Where's the guy? Where's the fielder? Where's the ball? What am I doing? How many outs there are? Little tiny things that add up. And if you thought the parallels to 84 were scary before with only one game left to win and go to the World Series and two chances to do it, in fact, three chances to do it back in 84 and three chances this year, if you think those parallels were scary, how about this? Kerry Wood hits a a home run in this game to tie it up. They showed a graphic. Who was the last pitcher to do that? Rick Sutcliffe. Rick Sutcliffe, the same year, 1984, in game one of that series. And if you thought for a second the gods might, just might have (laughs) let last night be last night and let it die, I issue the following evidence. At 7.46 p.m., across our wires comes this. Idiot fan issues statement. Broken heart Cubs fan. Let's root, root, root. Not long after the gods, the go- not long after that, the gods had said, "Oh, statement, I've got your statement." <laughs> when another foul ball, frighteningly, eerily similar, lands almost to the exact same spot where the guy was last night, no more than fifteen minutes later, and they look at that spot, and Fox on the TV circles the people who are there from last night. That guy, and that guy, and that woman, and who's <laughs> missing? That was the gods of baseball saying I'm going to put a foul ball in the same spot so people can see here is the man who has been banished from the Garden of Eden he's not here and neither will your team be here tomorrow don't tell me the gods were not angry don't tell me they didn't exact their revenge and don't tell me it wasn't that guy's fault because it was (laughs) 